Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about the luxury of versatility and the freedom of a summer day coming together for you at the perfect moment. Lease the 2019 NX300 all-wheel drive for $369 a month for 36 months with $29.99 to a signing. Experience amazing at your Washington area Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer valid in the Lexus Eastern area only and in September 3rd, 2019. Welcome to the Jarjur Brothers podcast. You are listening to a pre-recorded version of our show, Son Sports, a daily debate show about sports. And I'm your co-host, Sammy Jarjur. And I'm George Jarjur. And we're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sant Live studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Also, do not forget to tune in to our live Facebook show Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can tune in at facebook.com slash S-O-N-T live. And I'm glad to be here in Seattle, but stay cool, America. But first, please enjoy our intro music by Jacob West. We know why. Good afternoon and welcome into Sant Live. You are watching episode 339 of Sant Live. And this is that being said with George and Sammy. Georgeur, sports radio redefined, brought to you by Freshly. You can go to Freshly.com and use promo code Sant to get $40 off your first two orders, which we'll get into. Um, but until we get there, I am your co-host, Sammy Georgeur. And I'm George Urjur, and we're coming at you live and direct from the Sound Life Studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for tuning in today, whether it be on Facebook.com slash Live, my personal periscope, I'm G. Urjur, he's Urjur Sammy, or YouTube.com slash Sports. Welcome in today. We got a couple things to talk about. We got the Cavaliers debuted Isaiah Thomas yesterday for the first time this season, which was exciting. We got um, John Gruden likely to be the Raiders head coach. We're going to talk about that. Um, obviously, we each get our own segment on this show. He's going to be talking a little bit about Patriots. I'm going to be talking Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady stuff. I'm going to be talking a little bit of everything. Um, we might be talking about the Steelers, their coach last night. Or not last night, but their story coming out about his uh, another bar scuffle, second one that he's ever been part of. And Nick Saban's still complaining about college football scheduling, and we'll talk about what we think about that. Um, all that in a nutshell, we'll get in. We'll get as much done as we can throughout the show. But the show will go from now until 5.30 tonight or wherever you are. That's the next three hours with a couple breaks in between, and there'll be a segment of him by himself. There'll be a segment of me by myself, and let's get things rolling, George. Absolutely, Sam. And the first thing we should talk about, obviously, is Isaiah Thomas's return last night into the lineup for the boss, uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers in his first game um, as a Cleveland Cavalier. And it seems like you know he played really well. I think he played 18 minutes, had 17 points, something around those. Lines. Almost exactly. Uh, I think nine, 19 minutes, 17 points. 19 minutes, 17 points. And in general, um, you know. Isaiah Thomas just looked like his usual self. He was able to score. He looked like he could play with LeBron James a little bit. In general, I really liked what I saw out of Isaiah Thomas last night in his debut for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Sammy. 
Now, what, 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 do you take anything out of that game in general, or do you just, you know, glad to see that Isaiah Thomas is back in the lineup and that Isaiah Thomas is playing well? There was like five or six things I actually took from it. One of them being which um, is the amount of shots he took, which I'm fine with, but it just brings up some different points of, you know, talk, different talking points. He took 12 shots in 19 minutes. Absolutely. Let's say he's playing about 36 minutes a game if you double that. 24 shots. That sounds about right. But we got because we got to remember, this is the kind of guy that needs the ball in his hand and is going to need 20 to 24 shots to be a productive NBA player. Otherwise, his his main usage and his main pluses as a player is not will not be utilized. So he needs these shots. Um, but with that being said, I think that is a plus because now we're going to have more responsibility off Kevin Love scoring, more responsibility off LeBron scoring, and it's going to be more of a, a collective who's hotter that night. We'll get a little more shots. You look at Kevin Love last night. He only shot seven shots. He was four for five from three, 19 points, seven rebounds. That's a typical Kevin Love game when they had Kyrie Irving. And, yeah, some games Kevin Love is going to get 20 shots. Some games other people will. But you took away those 20 shots last year from Kyrie Irving, and now we're going to – the the biggest transition is going to be those people that have been getting more shots right now in the beginning of the year are going to have to re-reduce their roles, and that 20 that was for Kyrie is going to have to come back to Isaiah now. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to find uh, Isaiah Thomas' field goal attempts per game last season. And I'm uh, having a probably bit. around like 24, I'm assuming. Uh, 24 seems very high for, for Isaiah Thomas, doesn't it? For last year, no. Yeah, I – well, can, is there a way to – I'm sure there's a way to look that 19.4. 19.4. Okay, that's where he needs to be. 24 shots is six shots a quarter. You need LeBron James to have 24 shots and have Isaiah Thomas being at that 18, 19 level, in my opinion. Yeah, LeBron's not going to be at that level at 24. I mean, if you we can look at what LeBron's at, but I'm pretty sure he's – he's. I mean, yeah, he's at 18 this year I mean he's never he's never been a this is where also it gets to that conversation people don't realize how little LeBron shoots but how much he still scores right. I mean his career average is 19 that's okay. the, and so he, he's only shooting 18 shots a game this year fair enough but in general Sam I think uh, I, I liked what I saw out of Isaiah Thomas it's going to be interesting to see what he does here later on in the season if his you know how much his hip holds up how well he plays in general with LeBron James, what kind of defense he provides for them. Uh, we know he's not the greatest on the defensive end in the league, to say the least. But to me, that doesn't matter because if he can just supplement them offensively, they do, it did upgrade defensively on that trade by getting someone like Jay Crowder. So in general, yeah, they're not asking Isaiah Thomas to go guard the best player on the floor, per se. They're asking... Isaiah Thomas to come in and be a threat to score, and that just opens up more lanes for LeBron James to do what he needs to do. But it, what's interesting is I want to see how well they work together as far as Isaiah Thomas is a type of basketball player who needs the ball in his hands to score, um, and LeBron James is also a type of player. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to score, but it's anytime you can get the ball in the best players in the world's hands, it's a good thing. So um, He likes to have the ball in his hand in well, the offense. Yeah, I mean, not only does he like to have the ball in his hand, like the ball should be in his hand. He's that's part of the offense. That's part yeah. of the offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how they actually play with each other. But what I did see was he does like Isaiah Thomas chemistry-wise a lot more than he liked 
Kyrie Irving chemistry wise uh, just from his tweets is just in general it seems like Isaiah is embracing that role of being the little brother um, for lack of better words because he's not that much younger than LeBron James anyway which is why I think it's gonna maybe work out better I think this age I know this sounds stupid right but but this does play a role uh, like the outside of the court chemistry kind of stuff is important I think in the NBA right. it's not like a do or die like if Kobe and LeBron aren't friends but they're on the same team you know two good players it would like Shaq and Kobe don't like each other it still works out right, right. but in this kind of situation you can already tell that off the court wise I think Isaiah and LeBron are probably closer than a Kyrie LeBron was like it just based off of social media and all this stuff it seems like Isaiah has fit in really well with the chemistry aspect of it all absolutely yes and that's probably has to do with the age um like you're saying it has to do with also I I I uh uh I'm gonna credit Colin Cowherd for this because I was watching this morning and he made a pretty good point Mm -hmm. so there's like opening thing he talked about this morning was so he's like originally everyone he's like I thought Isaiah I mean, Kyrie Irving, the Boston Celtics, they won the trade, right? And then he's like, then when you really sit back and look at it, right? He goes, okay, so we think Boston won the trade, right? He goes, but let's really like talk this out. So the reason Kyrie sometimes gets this extra love is because he is the Duke player, the number one pick, like from the biggest basketball school in the nation, but what did he really do without LeBron James? He didn't do much without LeBron James. Didn't do anything. And then he said, you go to an Isaiah Thomas, right? He's undersized from a football school, um, the last pick in the draft, and been traded around the league. So you kind of saw last year as a, eh, he's like, that's just a one-year thing. But he's like, if you really look at all the stats and you look at how good Isaiah Thomas has been compared to Kyrie Irving, other than the size defensively, they've been comparably the same exact player except for Isaiah Thomas has one more on his own without having another superstar and then he said then you took Boston's best defender left because they already got rid of Avery Bradley the one guy that could probably match up a little bit with LeBron and sent him along in the trade so at the end of the day it's almost become a the same amount of stuff that Cleveland got back for Kyrie Irving I would say minus just a little extra special sauce. Like Kyrie Irving has that little extra. How do you? I don't even know how you explain it. You know that you know like how Kyrie Irving Kyrie just Irving's has that extra. Be- Kyrie Irving's a better basketball player than Isaiah Thomas, but not significantly. But not significantly. He has. But you look at it. Kyrie Irving's never been in a top five MVP voting. Well, He's never. But he hasn't hit his prime yet. I get this. But Isaiah Thomas. I think sometimes because of being the last pick of the draft, because being traded around the NBA, because he's 5'8", because he's not from a Duke, sometimes does not get as much of... I think last year he got more recognition than he maybe needed, but all the years before that, he wasn't necessarily getting all the credit that he was deser- he was due for. Yes, in a way. But in general, I don't want to say that he didn't get any of the credit he deserved. I think Isaiah... Look, at the end of the day... Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player than Isaiah Thomas. Maybe the chemistry-wise, this team will be better. But like I said, it's going to be interesting. One game is not enough to actually find out how good they're going to play with each other or how if they don't play well with each other at all. Um, but in general, 
this still makes them the best team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, nothing really changes here with Isaiah Thomas. Without Isaiah Thomas, this is the best team in the East. They're going to make it to the NBA Finals. Now it would be interesting to see what – I mean, do you really think – Kyrie played fantastic in the NBA Finals, especially the one that the Warriors won. Can Isaiah Thomas replicate the same exact stats that Kyrie did in those NBA Finals and have the same type of impact that Kyrie had in those NBA Finals, especially the one where the Warriors lost? I meant the Cavaliers won. I think defensively, obviously, they're both not good defenders. Right. Um, but – I think offensively, he could probably give them around the same, um, around the same amount of, like, um, probably around the same amount of offensive production. Okay. Probably in different ways. Obviously, um, Isaiah gives you more of like a, uh, you know, more of some spot up threes, some pull up transition shots, um, and he's not going to finish as well at the rim than Kyrie because no one can. Um, not to be people <coughs> can. I mean, it's him and Steph Curry are probably the two best finishers in the league. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie by far is probably the best, the most interesting finisher. Yeah. Like he can put shots in that nobody else can, but like consistency wise, probably him and Steph and like Anna James Harden. Um, but I just think it, it it's not going to be that much of a difference. I mean, it's we're looking if you really just look deep into it. As long as Isaiah comes back healthy, he's probably going to be the same that. Kyrie Irving gave the Cavs last year, but I think a benefit of it, which is either a benefit or a negative sometimes, it's going to be, I think Isaiah Thomas might be willing to embrace the second man role a lot more, which sometimes can be a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. Maybe LeBron's having an off game and you need Isaiah to take over. I think Kyrie had no problem being the number one guy. He wanted to be the number one guy, Um, but I think Isaiah come into the situation knowing like I'm not trying to be the number one guy. Right. Like, that's not I my can, job. I, I can totally see that. It totally makes sense. But at the same time, look, Kobe and Shaq thought they were both number one guys. That works for three championships. It's okay to have a little bit of problems in chemistry wise. If the production is absolutely fantastic. But in this case, I don't believe that the drop-off between Isaiah and Kyrie is that significant. And it's really not. That's what's interesting. I just... Okay, you know why I compare it now? Because I saw some of the comments talking about, oh, well, what was Kyrie supposed to do without LeBron? Well, still, okay, he's without LeBron right now, right? And he's playing a lot better than he did... Well, his record is showing a lot better now with the Boston Celtics than it did with the Cleveland Cavaliers when he was by himself, right? But if we're talking about not that much of a, like, you know, like that it's, uh, as I'm trying to say, it's not that much of a drop-off at all. What's Kyrie Irving averaging this year? 24 points a game, five assists, and 3.1 rebounds, right? And let's go to Isaiah Thomas's stats from last year because I think this could be a good showing point that, I mean, you make them the main guy on the team, and we can talk about records, but guess what? Celtics were the number one seed last year, and they're the number one seed right now, right? So there's not that much of a – the team hasn't dropped or gone up that much. I mean, Boston's actually been struggling a little more recently compared to the beginning of the year. I'm not saying they're struggling, but compared to the record in the beginning of the year, they have not been as, you know – as dominance when they went on their 20-game win streak. But Isaiah Thomas last year, 
as the main guy at the Boston Celtics, averaged 28.9, which is actually just ridiculous. That he aver- I didn't even... I can't believe sometimes when I read that, that the five a five eight guy averaged twenty nine points a game, twenty nine points, six assists, and three rebounds. Okay, so he averaged five more points, one more assist, and he actually averages point one less rebounds. I mean, and this is not to say that okay, I read those, and you know that means he's better. I, you know, I'm not trying to say that, but you look at that and. Wouldn't you think if Kyrie was exponentially better than uh, Isaiah something fell that was weird, if Kyrie Irving was exponentially better than Isaiah Thomas, why would Isaiah Thomas average five more points, more assists, the same amount of steals, pretty much the same amount of rebounds, on the same amount of shooting percentage? I mean, to me, I find it, I just find it kind of interesting because even if you asked me at any time, I'd probably be like, Kyrie is way better than Isaiah. But if you actually like sit down and read the statistics, you start to realize not that much difference other than Isaiah could be exposed more as a bad defender because of his height, but they're both not good defenders. Yeah, and I think we I, I think it's not fair to call Kyrie a bad I, I mean Kyrie is a significantly better defender now under Brad Stevens in that system. Um, I mean, we talked about this before the season, and we, I was like, yeah, they're going to be very good defensively. And we, we argued about it pretty animately on the show about, no, they won't be. Look at how bad Kyrie is. Look how, but now that if you look at their stats, they're top five defensively in all stats because of a team defense aspect of it. Um, the thing with uh, Brad Stevens and that Celtic system is they're able to hide the liabilities of defensive players yeah. very well. Now, that's why Isaiah didn't get torched defensively on Boston as much as you think he should because the system is fantastic. It's a lot of help defense. The NBA allows some sort of a zone defense now. It's not really a zone because there's that three in the key, you know, there's a defensive three in the key, et cetera. But, but like they, outside the box, you can kind of have a zone. Yeah, you can technically play a little bit of a zone defense and hide people. Now, I wonder if brad stevens i'm sorry tyron lu is going to be able to replicate that with isaiah thomas like brad stevens did and hide him a little bit defensively because you hide him defensively put him in spots where he's not being able to get torched because i mean as he plays hard defensively it's not from a lack of wanting to play defense it's just because you're five foot nine going against six foot seven guys it's hard to play defense like literally i tried so hard in high school like yeah. everyone knows i love playing defense but I, sometimes i get torched cause yeah, because you're i'm not, small you're small so <laughs> If they can hide him, then there's not that big of a drop off. Which I think they'll. I don't think they'll be as good as Brad Stevens was at it. Yeah. But I think they'll do okay with it. I mean, the here's the lucky thing: you have a guy in LeBron, you have a guy in Jay Crowder's, the Jeff Greens, the Dwayne Wade's. None of them. I'm not, I'm not saying any of them are like superior defenders to anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of height, really, what I'm thinking about honestly is playing Golden State because. At this point, if Isaiah was literally what he was yesterday at playing 19 minutes a game and puts up 17 points, they with Isaiah on the court and LeBron off the court, they outscored the Blazers 31-16. to 16. I mean, we know what happened last year in the finals when LeBron was off the court. If he played even like this, barely healthy right now, just started, they're probably going to make the finals over the Celtics. Yes. I, I, I've assumed it from the beginning of the year, but I'm just – I think you assume it too, right? So my mindset right now is – how can they hide him against the Warriors? He's going to have to play with their big lineups and find a way to get him only on Steph. 
because I think the plus side with the Warriors is he can probably match up with Steph enough like Kyrie did where not going to shut him down, but you can probably at least you're not guarding, you know, anyone huge. But the problem is, is when it comes to Isaiah Thomas gets picked by Draymond Green and they switch Draymond, and then he has to switch on a Draymond Green or Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant. Well, not just that. I mean, whoever switches. I mean, you bring Draymond. If you, let's just say in a hypothetical world here that Isaiah is guarding. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, he has to guard Thompson or Curry on that on the court of their playing. If Draymond Green comes in and sets a screen, now all of a sudden you probably got Thompson on Curry. He's which is fine. No, they he actually statistically in the finals it was okay, totally yeah, fine because he would he'd make him pass it off and they do another screen and they would get open. Yeah, but like I, I, I'm not worried about the statistically how many time possessions. I mean, over time things like that happen. Or you bring in another okay. guy. No, but that's why they don't play Tristan Thompson when Steph Curry's out on the court. Right. They were playing. They played Jeff Greens. They played Drake Jake Crowders. Mm-hmm. They played last year. Kevin Love did okay. They'd play Iman okay. Shumpert on those screens. I mean. Cavs know not to put. It's gonna happen a couple times, but right. it's just it's a defensive nightmare. So that's why I still believe the Ca- the Warriors are a huge favorite to win the finals over Cleveland, no matter how good offensively Isaiah Thomas is. I just think the matchups and the mismatches that are on the floor are remarkable. I mean, it'll take a superhuman performance from LeBron James, and that might not even be enough. And he's capable of doing it. Uh, but the matchups are better this year than they were last year. A little bit. Isaiah Thomas, I'd say he's a downgrade defensively on Kyrie. I mean, by how much, though, really? Uh, enough to make a significant impact with his height. I, I mean, height. I would say like a couple percentage points downgrade, but Jeff Green is a big upgrade because he can guard any of the positions out there. Jay Crowder can guard any of the positions. Um, Dwayne Wade, come finals time, you know he'll give effort on the defensive end and right. be fine on like a Clay Thompson or anybody. I mean, they, uh, this team knows their limitations, and they've dealt with them before. Even the year that they beat the Warriors, I know Kevin Durant wasn't on that team, but they dealt with their limitations and found ways to switch screens the right way, found ways to push them. Uh, in the last four games, they found ways to do it, and it got better. I think we there's, there's a difference in the NBA between the, like, Oh, how are we going to stop them, and how are we going to slow them down? Because I think me and you both are in that that camp that always says like you can't stop any of these guys. You can't right. stop LeBron. You can't stop KD. You can't stop Curry. But they figured out they can figure out how to slow them down with putting the right people on the court. That's I think a hundred percent they're going to have to play Tristan Thompson like nothing in the finals if this is going to work, like you said, because you can't. You can't have Isaiah switch on to Draymond Green and have Thompson on Curry because then what's the right? Where where's that going to work? Well, the problem is the the best matchups that the Cavaliers have against this Warriors team would be to go to the small ball lineup to match up defensively, and the problem is that's what the Warriors do best is the small ball lineup. So the biggest strength for the Cavaliers is to match up with the biggest strength of the Warriors, and I just believe the Warriors are. I mean, it was too early really to talk about the NBA Finals because someone uh, Durant can twist an ankle and or Curry can twist an ankle and it could be the Rockets in the Finals or or LeBron can get hurt, hopefully not, obviously, and they're out of the Finals. So, like, I, I mean, I'm just – I should pump the brakes a little bit, but in my opinion, that would be the big problem. But overall, I mean, this is still the best team in the Eastern Conference and I, I think Isaiah Thomas is great and – 
I'm and I'm glad that he's on this team and I'm glad that he's playing well. I mean, as you know, we, he's a local guy and uh, played against him a couple times in my when I was younger and had a couple classes with him at the University of Washington. He's a good kid and hopefully he does well. And you know, if he the cool thing with him is if he if there was a story or a movie about sports, it's it's him, right? He's like the little guy. He's like unfortunately his sister dies. The team that he loves trades him. Uh, he goes to his different city to play with the best player in the world, in LeBron James. Uh, I mean, the only way this movie could get any better is if they actually won the championship. And then all of a sudden, it's more than a 30 for 30. They need to make a full motion length picture on, on him. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you have this doubt in your voice about it, though. But I, th- I think I what's I, interesting I, is that they're actually in a better position compared to last year. And I don't I, think that I, means I, they're in a great position. I no, think that means I, they're... I, I, I can disagree with that, and I do. I think they're in a worse position this year than they were in last year. What about the rosters worse, other than the point guard being a little bit shorter but can score more? They're a year older everywhere else. That's one. Uh, they're three-point shooting. By the way, Kevin Love's having the best year okay. since he was a Cav and LeBron James. So I, where's the, what's they're, the age? What, still, what, who's the age you're talking about, though? The age comes at towards the end of the year. When you're a little bit older – the 82-game season plus the playoffs. It's interesting to me that LeBron James, I liked what he did last year. I actually thought it was smart. He rested so many games. This year he's not even resting that many games. Rest, rest. It's okay. I'm not against resting because it keeps you preserved for the playoffs. A year older, I know the Warriors are a year older too, but they're still a younger and more fresh team. Um, in general, that's one. Number two, their three-point shooting isn't what it was last year. Last year they were, I mean, the second best, three po- third best after the Rockets and Cavaliers. Now, I mean, Corver. Corver has is shooting better this year. Yeah, but he's not shooting as much. LeBron has upgraded his three point shooting. He's not shooting as much. Corver's like, having a better year this year than he did last year. Right. But Corver's having a better year. They're, they're, Isaiah Thomas is going to improve that for them. LeBron's improved LeBron's significantly. Improved significantly. But in general, they're not the same three point shooting team as they were last year. I would they're strong. not shooting as many threes or making as many threes. Uh, but that doesn't – it's not just about how many they're putting. I mean, I mean obviously the Rockets are going to be putting up the most. doesn't yes. mean they're the best three-point shooting team. The Warriors are still better than them at three-point shooting. Don't you – Don't you like, who's the best three-point shooting team to you, the Rockets or the Warriors? And, and Devin asked, said I bashed LeBron last year for wrestling, but it's okay this year. Yeah, it's okay. I've changed my mind on it. I've come around on it because at the end of the day, if we're only going to judge these guys on their championships, and that's what it seems like everyone does – then screw it. Then just do whatever you have to do to keep yourself rested for the NBA Finals because that's what people are only thing they're caring about. So why should he care about anything else? Yeah, I mean, unless he cares about like individual season statistics, which I don't think matter. he cares he's about. A, he's above that. We already know he's the best player in the world. Yeah, um, but uh, I would say, once again, I think the three-point shooting is actually in a better situation this year because Kevin Love's shooting better. Kyle Korver is averaging the same amount of shots this year Absolutely. from three. And um, it, it's it LeBron. As, if LeBron James continues to be a better three-point shooter this year, which I don't know if he's going to do that, it right. seems a little ridiculous where it's at right now. So, but, I mean... I don't see they're they're fourth in the NBA in three point percentage first of all, yep. at thirty eight point two percent, which is behind Indiana, Sacramento, and Golden State. Um, and they're actually they're actually putting up the most amount of threes per game. No, 
third most after Houston and Brooklyn, which I don't know why Brooklyn is. And then three pointers made their second in the NBA right. behind Houston. So their three point shooting now with Isaiah in there, wouldn't it only go up? He attempted three or four threes a game last year. So they might, they're not going to pass Houston. Houston's making 16 threes a game Holy while crap. Cleveland's second with 12.5. And if you're tuning in for the first time, by the way, go ahead and comment in. We're going to answer all the comments here in a moment. Um, but yeah, so but overall, great performance by him. Let's go through some comments. All right. Um, Adam Zucker said, what do you think about Carson Palmer retiring? Maybe Larry Fitzgerald going forward. Carson Palmer was a big disappointment. I wouldn't call him a big disappointment. He's probably going to end up as a Hall of Famer. But he, he was a – look, he got unlucky that his best times of his career, as obviously, is when you're younger. And he had got stuck with that Cincinnati Bengals organization and that Oakland Raiders organization. If he didn't get stuck with those two organizations, we might be singing a different tune on what Carson Palmer really is. He got to Arizona towards the back end of his career, had a couple fantastic years, and got injury-riddled. Overall, I'm with you. He's been a slight disappointment, but he's also could be a Hall of Famer. I saw something interesting yesterday on Twitter that 2003 was the year that him and Marvin Lewis both arrived in Cincinnati. They're like, today Carson Palmer retires, and today Marvin Lewis somehow is here for another two years. Marvin won't die, man. He's like, like, uh, what's that movie? Chucky? The doll that doesn't die? Oh, yeah, Chucky. Speaking of Chucky, John Gruden. (laughs) Uh, Thomas Bright said, oh, you're such a homer. Still plays no D. I think he was kind of talking to both of us there because I think I was the one who was all hyped on well, Isaiah Thomas first. Thomas Bright is just a hater about this Well, he's thing. like an opposite homer pretty yeah, much. because and, he, and he's, and he, he guaranteed me that Isaiah Thomas would never wear an NBA jersey for even one game. Well, he was almost right. He was the last pick in the draft. He's also been an all-star. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is, again, why people don't give Isaiah – Thomas, any credit, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I, I I, was mind blown when I heard that this morning. And you really think about it. Duke, number one draft pick. I'm supposed to be the man. And so when you have a good game, you're like, oh, that makes sense, right? right. And then you have last pick, five foot eight from University of Washington. And then people be like, yeah, he's just getting kind of luckier. Exactly. You know, it's not that he's supposed exactly. to be this good. But he actually plays, he actually averages more points, more assists, and the same amount of rebounds, even though he's... A lot shorter. but So that's kind of interesting. I, I was actually really shocked about when I tried to I compare their statistics because you'd think if Kyrie's so much better, wouldn't he average 28, 29 a game in Boston too? And more assists? No, no, not with this team. this team. Remember last year they had a lot of really young guys and now these guys have gotten a year older. Tatum is really good. Jalen Brown's a little bit older. But now what's interesting is you tell me all this and then you add Gordon Hayward to the mix. Yeah, he does always should average. It's funny without Gordon Hayward, though, still. But he's not taking that many shots. Kyrie's, Kyrie's an interesting cat. Yeah, I also <laughs> heard something that um, I was listening on um, Colin Howard this morning. He was talking about it. He said when Kyrie was first in Cleveland, people were not so, like, didn't love his attitude that much. Like, that he's kind of a drama queen. So is Isaiah Thomas. I'm not saying he's not. He is a little bit. But they're saying Kyrie's hard to work with, kind of a drama queen. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those interesting things that when LeBron came and they started winning, all this stuff washes away. I'm interested to see what comes back eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not saying it's not going to work out in Boston because I think it's going to work out because of Brad Stevens. I think Kyrie got placed 
literally there or San Antonio. Otherwise, if he got traded to like the Brooklyn Nets, I think Kyrie's career would have downward almost right. instead of upward. Now that he's with a good coach and a smart organization, I think this is the best opportunity for him to get better. I completely agree. And we got an interesting comment from Richard Robes. I don't know if you saw that. He shared us on basketball tip-off, which I want to thank you for. That's really nice of you. Um, so I want to actually go ahead and answer his question um, since they have a really big audience. He says, talk to me about who is more significant to their team. Blake Griffin, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, or Kawhi Leonard? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go – I'll take the first – uh, stab at this right now, um, Richard. In my opinion, it's Steph Curry. Uh, I've been aminent about on this show multiple times saying, I think Steph Curry is the second best player in the league, and I still believe he's the second best player in the league. And it's not because he's the second most talented. It's not because he's the second actual skilled player. But he's yeah. the second most significant basketball player to his team. He He's the engine. Last year, look at Kevin Durant. He gets, he gets injured to go, what, 15-1 and one to end the season? He is the engine that runs the Golden State Warriors. I know people say Draymond gives him that little cocky edge, but Draymond also feeds off that energy of Curry. When Curry's hitting threes, Draymond gets more obnoxious and more animated and even more, I want to say, of an asshole, to be completely honest. Even though I love him. Yeah, I, I... Wait, so you said you said Steph, but... But kind of Draymond, so that means he's probably not the most valuable to his team. He's no, the most he is, like because Draymond would never be Draymond if it wasn't for Steph. Yes, he would. He was Draymond in college too, but he's just not as good, like of a basketball player. But you're talking about if okay, here's a good question for you. Um, um, well, Dane was unhappy. He said Kawhi Leonard is not close. Devin said totally Steph Curry. Kawhi is overrated to the max. And then Dane said Steph Curry, dude, no way. Imagine if he was on the team that didn't play great team defense. Kawhi's up for defensive player of the year every year. So this is why it's interesting, though. Okay, okay. I want to answer Dane's question there. But he isn't on that team. It's who's the most significant to their team. Uh, I don't know if that's what the question said. The question said, okay, it said to their team. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, well, maybe it'd be Blake Griffin because the Clippers lost like 10 straight without Blake Griffin and they've won four straight since he's come back. Absolutely. But let's be realistic about this question. It's not Isaiah and it's not Blake Griffin. The right. only way you could explain to me that it's Isaiah is that Cleveland could only win a championship if they add Isaiah back because that's enough firepower. But that's not, I think, the right way to frame this question, right? Absolutely. The question really is, who is the most important player? I'm going to go with Steph as well. Okay. But to Dane's point, um, to Dane's point, if you took Steph and put him on the worst team in the NBA right now, they actually won't get that much better if it's not the right team around him. Mm -hmm. You take Kawhi Leonard and put him on the worst team in the NBA right now, he will, he will help their win total more than a Steph Curry would. But if it's already a good team, I would say Steph Curry is definitely more significant to add to that team. Do you know what I'm saying? I think on a bad team, Kawhi Leonard's going to improve it more mm -hmm. because he's a great defender. He can score. He can rebound. And he's not a good passer. Well, he's a fi fine passer fine in the passer, system, yeah. but he's not like an assist totaler. But so worst team in the NBA, put Steph, put Kawhi. I think the team with Kawhi is better. Mm -hmm. Now you have a good team. Like if you're Cleveland right now, Shoot, can we add Steph for Kawhi? You get offered both. I would say take Steph, dude. That guy's going to hit you shots in the finals. It's already a good team, and it works out. But um, I would definitely say the most important player to their team, other than LeBron James in the NBA, 
is Steph Curry. Right. And I know people might argue KD. I, I think it should be obvious to people right now that Curry's more important than KD. I, I, I think he's more important, yes. Is he a better basketball player? Probably not. But it's Probably not, not always measured by like analytics. It's not always actually. Measured. Kevin Durant's a better basketball player than LeBron James, but he's not actually. But like he's better skills wise. But who's the better basketball player? LeBron James. LeBron James. But KD has more skills. But unfortunately, he wasn't blessed with a body that's never been hurt in 15 years and a motor at 30. And, like, and Curry's maybe the most skilled player in the NBA, but he's not also blessed with that body. Yeah, if Curry had LeBron's body, he might be the best player of all time if he can shoot like that and be that big. But that's not always how it works. Exactly. You know, that's, that's a great question. But I mean, I have, like, I, I'm just wondering if um, the, his name's Robin, correct? Richard. Richard. Richard Robes. Richard, Richard mentioned us yesterday asking what time do we go live. I let him know. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, speaking of Richard, um, I'm wondering, what, why did you choose those four players? I don't know if he's still watching. Yeah, but if he is. Um, why those players? That's a good question, George. Um, all right. I just messed up the comments because uh, I refreshed it. Okay. But I'm going to try to get them back. Let's try to get them all. Okay. So where were we? Um, Devin said from the start, I said Cavs got a better deal. And overall, Kyrie isn't that much better than IT. Agreed. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... I said they had a better deal too. A lot of people thought I was crazy. Um, I know you thought I was crazy. And I guess it's still not hashed out who got the better deal. And it's pretty hard to hash out right now. Yeah, it's because, too early to tell. But yeah. uh, in my opinion, lo- easily long-term, the Celtics got the better deal. And Richard said, Doc Rivers is fired without Blake. So that's where – that was. remember I said, I said realistically Doc it's not R- Blake. Doc R- Rivers might be fired with Blake too. <laughs> yeah, but remember I said – I just said that as part of my, okay, realistically right now, who's the most important to their team is maybe Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. But, like, doesn't mean he's the most important player to a team compared to other people, like, compared to those other players. Because the Clippers just were horrid without Blake Griffin for this right. month. And then um, now he, now they're back on the up scale and they're one game out of the playoffs right. because Blake's back. Um, but... And then he said, that's funny. He said, Isaiah got a chance against Golden State. And that was the other thing I said. I said, okay, actually, if you really want to say right now who's the most important, it's technically Isaiah Thomas because we're all assuming that that's the finals matchup. And if that's the finals matchup, um, if that's the finals matchup, you need Isaiah to have a chance to compete with the Warriors. Absolutely. So that sounds agree more there. But that does not mean that he actually is the most important to their team. It really is Steph or Kawhi, I think. Um. William says, I disagree, Sammy. If you need a basket during a dry spell, you can count on KD to go get you a basket, not so much with Curry. Ooh, what does George feel about that? I'm interested. Because I'm kind of biased that I don't like KD anymore, and I like Curry now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a little biased. Okay. They both can. They both can. That's, I mean, they both can go get you a basket anytime they want to get you a basket. But in general, who's the motor that makes the Warriors run? It's Steph Curry. Yes. Yeah. I mean... Here's the thing. Without a Steph Curry. Like I said, Kevin Durant. Sorry. But Kevin Durant's probably a better basketball player. Yes. But without a Steph Curry, Kevin Durant's not a Golden State Warrior anyways. He's not an NBA champ. Yes. Exactly. The reason KD's on the Warriors is because of a guy like Steph. Can, because of Steph Curry, LeBron James probably will not go down as the greatest player of all time. 
No, I know you're gonna we're gonna argue about this for a second, no, no. but he won't go down as the goat. I mean, th- let's forget about best and greatest for a second and just worry about. No, I'm not gonna argue that. There's a reason I'm not gonna argue that because right. if it wasn't for Steph, there wouldn't be KD on the Warriors, and they wouldn't be exactly. It's not literally because KD's stopping LeBron. It's because because or not not because of Steph stopping LeBron. Because Steph in his crazy shooting that changed the NBA made a guy like Kevin Durant be like, I want to play with him and join this team that was already the best record of all time and be like, we're going to have an impossible team to beat. And that's why LeBron James fucking hates Steph Curry when he, he doesn't hate him. Like I don't Well, maybe he does now after Curry made fun of him on (laughs) at the wedding, but just the way that, you know, Steph Curry is like a little diminutive six foot three guy from the suburbs, and if you don't think that matters in the league, it kind of does. From the suburbs, raised by a millionaire dad who played in the NBA, and he's stopping LeBron James from winning titles. It's not him by himself. Like, his his actions. And his domino, aura. His aura of, his, like... His, the domino effect he created is stopping LeBron James from winning two extra titles right now. LeBron should have five titles. Well, he... He probably would have won a title last year if KD wasn't on that team. They're probably a better basketball team than the Warriors last year. Probably, yeah. I, could, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, it's hard to speculate, but it's I at least a six or seven game series, maybe. Yeah, it's not a five game series. No, and that's not to. Once again, everyone knows I'm a LeBron lover. That's not to diminish what LeBron has done, but that's to say that the Warriors built a team that is unstoppable. Yes, which is the problem for LeBron. And so, here's the thing. I, I mean, this this got this went so many different avenues, and now I'm reading. Um, and Devin said, I go by percentage, too. Curry has a better chance of getting the ball into the basket. LeBron's got a better field goal percentage than KD, even, and shoots three better right now. I mean, which is true. So, you, I mean, for me, even, especially with Curry and KD, if you're going to compare them, look at the shooting percentages. I don't care that Curry's little. So, somehow he gets the ball in the basket at a high rate. Absolutely. And Devin said, LeBron should honestly have six rings at least. If it wasn't for the Warriors right now, he would have five probably. He'd probably have five, and he would have six if he didn't uh, didn't blow that map series. Didn't blow the map series. And that was, that's all on him in my opinion, unfortunately. That one's on him. But there's other ones like I can't blame him for losing the first the Spurs first one. one that, that he shouldn't my, even have been in the that finals. That kind of reminds me when Dan Marino went to the um, – Super Bowl in his first, yeah. in his rookie season, and every, but the problem, I mean, I'm, I don't know how I got into Dan Marino talk now, but Dan Marino never went back. Yeah, that was because it. it's just depends who's around you too. Williams said, "Sammy, you just said Leonard would make a bad team much better more than Curry would. So, are you saying KD wouldn't make a bad team much better than Curry?" Yes, he would. Durant Durant wasn't part of that question. That's why he wasn't brought up. Yeah. But I was comparing Kawhi and Curry. But in a certain system, I'd rather have Curry. Absolutely. The thing with it is, I mean, I want to explain this the best way possible. But you, you subtract Curry from the Warriors or you subtract Durant from the Warriors. If you subtract Curry, they get worse than if you subtract Durant. But if you add Curry to a different team, they don't get as good as if you added Durant. It's this Curry is the epitome of this Warriors team. He's he's a perfect player for the system that is the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, Dane said Kawhi gets look oh, gets looked over 
constantly because of pop and he doesn't cry about calls like literally every other star just because he's modest doesn't mean he doesn't mean the most to his team uh yeah but in general i think he he's a great player but i think we we got pumped the brakes a little bit on this Kawhi leonard thing i mean everyone talks about Kawhi leonard like he's some like super duper star like Kawhi leonard is is great he's a top 10 player in the league but it's not. Remember last year they were saying he was like a top three player. We got league. somebody taking picks. We got a photographer in the studio. It's actually our father posing for the pick, though. Um, but yeah, in general, people act like Kawhi Leonard is some unbelievable player, which he is. He's great, but he's not a top three player in the league. He's more of a top ten. Ten to twelve. Yeah. I mean, depends. Let's see what what happens now when he comes back, though. Um, Gabe said, what up, guys? It's up, guys. It's been a while here. Probably already talked about it, but Marvin Lewis keeps his job laughing my ass off. Crazy. We talked about that a few months ago. It's Gabe. Like, we haven't seen him in a couple couple months. Um, but what's up, my man? Um, Marvin Lewis keeps his job. Yes. Um, it's actually crazy because it's been 15 years. You can't win a playoff game. It's time to maybe move on. Maybe. Yeah. Just maybe. I mean, I wouldn't even go maybe. Why are you being so nice to Marvin Lewis? I've been very critical of it. And it's not because I think Marvin's a bad coach. I think Marvin is just sometimes if you're CEO of a company for X amount of years, you've done your job. We know what Marvin Lewis is. I mean, yesterday I saw a tweet that summed it up all. He, um, his resume that got him a two-year extension included a 2003, no, no playoff wins. 2004, no playoff wins. 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17. And now 2008. He's never won a playoff Zero game. playoff wins. And you get a two-year extension. If I was that shitty at my job and I got an extension, that'd be crazy. But it is what it is. Yeah, shit happens. Juan Miguel Soto says something is going on in Cincy. I'm a Steelers fan. I don't understand why they want to keep their head coach when he hasn't made a playoff game. After so many years putting work into him and getting no positive results. So it sounds like he agrees with you. Um, he sounded so sad there. Like, we put in so many years with no positive results. Alex Bodziak said, I want the job security that man's got with laughing faces. <laughs> Serious. Don't we all? Um, okay, I'm going to bust through a couple comments here. Um, bust through them, bro. Richard Robes says, Spurs have no chance of finals or chip without the claw. True, they don't. They don't. That's true. But... If you look at the difference of him off and on, maybe it's their second round team compared to their finals team. You you take uh you take like a LeBron off of a team or James Harden off the Rockets right. or these other parts. There, I think there's more of a gap. Definitely. Um, Adam Zucker said you guys like Michael Beasley from the Knicks, which I do. He's been getting MVP champ chance recently in New York. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. But I mean, Nick fans, you got to do better than that, man. You can't be that desperate where you got to give Michael Beasley MVP chance. But it's probably, it's nice to see him getting his career back on track somewhat. Maybe not somewhat. He's been playing good. He's been playing, playing pretty good. playing pretty good. He's still Michael Beasley. I'm, I'm waiting for the ball to, the other foot to drop. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying. I lost order a long time ago. But Chris Farhardy said... You, you, um, do, do you want to just... Uh, Crank through these all together, or do, are we still taking our uh, our? Uh, right now, I'm just going. I'm moving. All right, good. Let's just I'm, keep I'm moving. With you. Um, Devin Mark said, and William, it is gonna shoot in the hoop. I I didn't I didn't catch this. There's one thing we're all forgetting about. William said, Devin, how do you think Jr. and Love feels about less shots now? This is a good question. Um, I think Kevin Love's fine with it. Jr. might not be. Uh, Jr. is never okay with less yeah, shots. Yeah, but Kevin Love figures it out. 
Absolutely. Um, Devin said, this will be the first time I think LeBron will have an easy finals. Everybody thinks the Warriors are all big and bad. It's just going to sweep the Cavs in the finals. We forget that all the competition that have moved west this year. Yes, Warriors will most likely go to finals, but they're going to be beat the fuck up, LOL. I. This is the only thing that I really like. When you when you you give me the doubt about the Cavaliers this year, mm-hmm. I say we we keep forgetting Cleveland. Other than Boston, is probably gonna have an easy road again, and maybe even through Boston, it might be like last year, five games. Could, the Warriors have a lot more potential this year to face a five or six game series. They're not gonna sweep through the playoffs this year. If they face a Minnesota, even an OKC might be able to slip a game in. If they right. face a Houston, they might be a game or two. Well, um, if they don't, if, if they do sweep through playoffs, and that's freaking crazy. This should be illegal to have this team anymore. Yeah. If they do, because last year I'm gonna give them this too. I'm not saying that their finals are not real because of this, because they ended up playing a healthy Cleveland team, but they did not play a healthy team in the finals on the West Coast, on the West side of the uh, bracket last year. Fair enough. The Jazz lost a player. Fair enough. The the Jazz the Portland Trailblazers lost players. Kawhi Leonard missed that series after the ankle. I mean, like they didn't play a healthy good team. I think Absolutely. I still think they would have beat the Spurs hands down, no questions asked about it. But wouldn't it definitely have been a harder series against the Spurs if Kawhi was in there all game? A hundred percent. There's no way you could uh, argue that if if you want to argue otherwise, then you're crazy, right? True. Um, William King said, I think Ty Lue. Is keeping it out tonight just in case they beat they get beat with no Hayward smart move or dumb move? <laughs> uh, smart move. There's no reason. I think the problem if if Isaiah Thomas goes out, it's gonna there, be a new segment of our show. What? Smart move, dumb move. I like it. Thank uh, you, William. Thank you, William. <laughs> um, smart move, dumb move. Look, the thing with this is Sammy. You know Isaiah Thomas, if he goes and plays in Boston tonight, is going to play way too hard. Maybe he could get re-injured. Like, the adrenaline, the crazy. You don't need to put him in this game. Well, there's multiple reasons you know it. Yeah. He can – this is not the place that you need him to go out there right now and just take too many shots. Exactly. You don't need the comparisons with Kyrie, with a healthy Kyrie versus a day, game two of the year Isaiah. Exactly. You don't need the emotion or anything, right? Right. Let him rest tonight. Let him rest. He played Portland at home, and you know what? They're, he's not supposed to play back-to-back games right now, so I know a lot of people will be like, play them both games. Well, they had to pick between a night. I think it was smart that they picked a home game, let him be introduced by the home crowd, exactly. and not have his first game be in Boston because either way, he wasn't playing back-to-back. Not just that, Sammy. The thing is that makes me laugh is the whole notion of myself, right? That's why I call it the me, me, me. I wanted him to play tonight. Yeah, but, but is it the smart thing? Absolutely not. No. But did I want it? Yes. That's my point. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, man. I am just out here with a bunch of comments. Um, William King. Nope. Christopher Hardy says Celtics win tonight. What do you think about that? Uh, I think the Celtics do win tonight. I don't. They I, lost to them on opening night. Hayward got hurt. This team is – this LeBron doesn't think this game is as important as the other team does. I disagree. This is the one game in a regular season that I think LeBron cares about this more than a Warriors game because of Kyrie, like a regular season-wise. I mean, he he like pulled himself out of the game a couple times yesterday. He's like resting a little bit yesterday. 
I think he wants to beat Kyrie. I think that's just uh, as a true competitor. I think he wants to beat Kyrie. I think he knows he wants that more than like beating a Warriors team in the mm-hmm. first round or in the in the regular season because he's like, if I see you in the finals, that's what really matters. With this, I think what matters during the only thing that really can matter to him in a regular season is what, like a couple games here or there. He can't really care that much about regular season I games. I just don't think anything really matters that much to him in the regular season anymore. There's no way to be as much of a competitor as him and be a three-time NBA champ and go to the finals eight times if every single 82-game regular season didn't matter to you. Like, he has that. there has to be something that I'm triggers not, him during the season. Oh, yeah, there's moments, but I think it's all part of a bigger journey. He knows a competitive journey is not about this game or next game. It's about what happens in June. Yes, but, that's, but he still puts full effort into certain games. And like you said, th- there's certain moments he has to put it in so he has to find them in certain moments these are the only kind of games they can actually find that inner like okay like i fucking want to win this game because he needs to find it in certain games you can't go to the playoffs with like i don't think i gave it 100 percent any game in the regular season um i don't think most players give it 100 percent. they give 100 percent in a moment there's moments you give 100 percent, but i don't think it's like you play any game do you think lebron's gonna go at 110 percent full throttle the whole game today no just bring your mic closer to your, your mouth and yeah, there you go. Um, what else we got? We have Devin said he blew it against the Mavs, eight fucking points. That's all LeBron when you brought that up last yeah. time. Um, William King says Devin and Curry should have three. How many does Curry have? Two. Curry has two. Yeah, but he shouldn't have three. He blew a three-one lead. You can't. That's not excusable. Just like LeBron's. Like LeBron's Mavs one is not excusable, and Curry against the the three one blown lead against Cavs is not excusable. No, no, not excusable one bit. Um, William King said Green got snitched out. Oops, I mean kicked out. Then said snitched. We're all grown ass men. Don't play that game. LML laughing my ass off. Come on, bro. Draymond did that shit to himself. True. You True. can't kick people in the fucking balls. No, I mean come on, Draymond. I mean in Draymond. He cost them the championship, I think, because I think they would have won if he was in that last game. Not the last game, game, the closeout game. I don't think they would have won. I don't think there's any way you could have got that Cavs team to lose in Cleveland. If that was a game in Golden State, mm-hmm. different story. Um, but was, in Cleveland, that was game game six, six is in, in Cleveland. It was in Golden State. Remember, he was across the street in Cleveland. Game five shouldn't it be. Think about it. It, was it goes. Two Golden State, two Cleveland, Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State. I think back that was a two-three-two format. George, that was like ten years ago, bro. Um, I'm game six. Somebody back me up on this. That it was 2015. 2016. Last year was 2017. This year's gonna be 2018. The the one it was in Cleveland. Yeah, that that format's where, been where, gone where for like five he? years. Well, well, he was at like a, across the street, but where was he? I never heard of anything about him being crossed. Or was he out of game five? He was out of game five. I don't know what game he's out of. Either way, okay. That's why. Because once again, the fact that we can't remember what game he was out of. No, no, they were up three-one, and he missed game five. I don't think that's what happened. Here, Draymond kick LeBron. (laughs) Draymond kick LeBron. Yeah, he was out game five. I think. It was in Cleveland, so that was game, so four. It was game four. So yeah. he just kicked okay. out game five. Okay, so that's even more of a reason that that's not excusable 
to lose in Golden State. Right. I'm saying I think they would have won with Draymond Green. I think. I will never know. There's, there's no way to go back and have revisionist yeah. history. But I, that's what I think. I, I mean, think they would have won and closed out the series. Cleveland would have won 2015 if they didn't lose Kyrie and Kevin Love, too. We, once again, we'll probably. never know. They probably would have flip-flopped championship years. But we never, we'll never know. Yeah. I mean. That, that's the greatest thing about sports. There's moments that I'll tell will you never this be. Though. The it's one time both teams were all healthy without KD. Cleveland won it. The year before that was right. was Kyrie and Love out, which uh, that just sucked. That yeah. was stupid. That was stupid. And don't forget what's his uh, Bogut got hurt. Draymond, I know, but that was their only big. They couldn't rebound ever again. That's tough. Yeah, that's man. Yeah, if they did not lose Bogut, that would have been. You know, this is basketball. You know it. That that didn't help them, obviously. Yeah, just that that. That's not even compare. A year after the Cavs lose Love and Irving, I do not want to hear about Andrew fucking Bogut. <laughs> like, like LeBron. Andrew was, Bogut was the number LeBron's, one overall pick. LeBron's second best player in 2015 was Timothy Mozgov, or maybe Della Vadova. Like, I'm not worried about Bogut missing a series. Um, Fair enough. We got. Let's move on. Um, Devin said, "Let me." Play against you in the finals and then kick your best player in the nuts. Ella, you'd be ready to beat my ass. And then Gary Cole said, What's good, guys? What's up, Gary? What's up, Gary? Devin said, Cavs aren't worried about tonight's game against the Celtics. Christopher Hardy said, Yes, they are. George thinks, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think they, I mean, obviously they care, but I just think, like I said, I don't think LeBron really cares about regular season. I think he's just going to go in there. He's going to play his usual game. And I think the Celtics are going to be overhyped and over uh, trying way too hard to impress their fans. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's a bad move, too, is trying too hard. And then LeBron can expose you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's why I think it's going to happen. What? I think they're going to try too hard and it's going to be – when you try too hard and you care too much, sometimes you don't play as well. You just said Boston was going to win. They're going to win, but it's going to be. I, I think if they just played their own game and Cleveland played their own game today at home, I think they'd win easily. But I think they're going to start off to a slow start because they're going to be overhyped. I'm taking Cleveland tonight. What's the spread? I have no idea. I'll look it up while you go through the next comment. I mean, I can find it in like ten seconds if yeah, you really so want. Because I'm on the I'm on the game screen. All right, well, uh, you're going to still go through the next comment. <laughs> it's minus three, Boston. Minus three, Boston. Okay. Um, all right, a couple more comments. It is, George, can you work on the camera real quick? Yes, I um, can. William King said, yes, a smart move, dumb move segment with a thumbs up. He likes the idea. Perfect. I like it, too. Smart move, dumb move. I like it. Um, Alex Bozdiak said, don't give a tribute the next game in Boston. That's Paul Pierce's night. He either gets it tonight or never. Pierce is a real Celtics legend. Um I just don't think he needs it. He's only um. He played there for three years. Yeah, he had a good season, but okay. Really and then before deserve- I come back, let me fix the camera real quick. Okay. Um, William King said Paul George plays in L.A. tonight, and then he said the ball is out. And guess what's happened since Ball has been out? I'm not sure. They fell into the second worst record in the NBA. Yeah, and and Ball before Ball went, got hurt and got out of out the last few games, they've actually played a lot better basketball. Uh, I mean, with him, he started you know, kind of getting in his own. And like I've said with uh, Lonzo Ball, if you were expecting a guy to come in, I mean, 
in the league and he's going to drop 25 points. Think again. That's not his game. His game is to fill up the stat sheet, be a good point guard. And as he, as a team continues to get better and you put better players around someone like Alonzo Ball, he'll be a very, very high-end Rajon Rondo and hopefully a Rajon Rondo that can shoot better. But remember Rajon on the Celtics. Rajon Rondo couldn't shoot. He'd have games of eight points, nine assists, eight boards. I kind of think that's what Alonzo Ball is. He's a poor man's version of Rajon Rondo right now, but I believe he can become a much superior Rajon Rondo in the future. But right now, he's just a poor man version of the Rajon Rondo that was on the Boston Celtics. He can become a Rondo that scores more. Exactly. I mean, Rondo the other night, what, put up how many assists? 25 assists? And now he's uh, he's still in the league. And, and like I said, I think Lonzo can become the better Rajon Rondo. But right now he's just a poor man's version of Rajon Rondo that was on the Celtics. I agree with that. Um, we have... What was next? I think, once again, this goes back to... I've been saying it all year. Lonzo Ball is pretty damn good. Yes. Um, especially for a rookie. He's very good. Stat Numbers don't lie. Um, that used to be a show on uh, ESPN. Numbers don't lie? Yeah. Numbers never lie. Numbers never lie. Those William people. King says, stats is why LeBron cares about the regular season games. He he doesn't care. George will disagree with that even. Yeah. I mean, I think this year he kind of cares. I think he wants to win the MVP this year. Yeah, but it, we, people say that. Whatever, Skip Bales called him Lestat today. Yeah. And Lestats. And I was like, fuck you. The guy is still one of the most efficient he is like the most efficient field goal scorer for a non-center yeah. and is if shooting better than Kevin Durant, Steph Curry from three. And he's being efficient. So that, that okay, uh, hold on. And he's only shoot. He's not even shooting less, more than one less three than KD. So you keep telling me about volume. He's shooting at volume this year too. It's not going to stay, keep, it's not going to keep up. But if you keep talking about volume, I'm going to tell you the volume is not that much different. Right. LeBron, but I was going to say LeBron James is very calculated on this. LeBron James knows that he just wants to be efficient. Sometimes that's one of his problems. Yeah, okay, but I, okay, when he played when he played in Miami and he had that what was that stretch of shooting 55% field goal per game for like 25 straight games or something like that. I forget what the stat was. There's games where he shot eight times. I'm like, you're LeBron James. You're not, you can shoot only two times a quarter. You're trying to get 55%. Like sometimes he does things like that. I'm not saying he is right now, but LeBron James has that in him. I think he's just a fucking great basketball player. He's averaging, let me just, this is ridiculous I know for 32. He's a, before no, you no. tell me, he's I'm the best player. I want to make sure everyone knows because I sound like a LeBron hater sometimes. I just want everyone to know he's the best player in the world okay let me tell you stats okay. 27.7 points per game 8.1 rebounds 9.2 assists okay. 1.6 steals which also leads his team one block which 1.03 blocks which also leads his team and a 30.3 per and he plays 37 minutes game and he's played the most games out of anybody on his team and he's 33 years old in yeah, so there might be a game where they're winning by a lot. Sure, take a step back. You don't need to shoot five more times. No, no, but I, I think that. that's not him trying to be like, I'm going to manipulate my field goal percentage. I think that's him just being one of those guys that knows the difference between being aggressive and playing IQ basketball when it's the right time. Hey, my team's up by 18. I could get other guys involved and keep the team chemistry good, or I could be Kobe and just fucking take fadeaways when we're up 18 and not let other guys shoot. 
there's a reason one of them probably has better relationships with their teammates. And I'm not saying it's a plus or minus. I think it's a plus for Kobe that he has that in him, but it's also a plus in LeBron that he knows how to make the situation better for his teammates. And he also knows what his field goal percentage probably is going into. The, um, he, he knows. He knows everything. He's so smart, and he knows how to manipulate things. That's. I think he's a manipulator, and I think that's okay. I'm okay with manipulators. I think Kobe Bryant's a psycho. I'm okay with psychos. I think Jordan's an asshole. I'm okay with assholes. LeBron is a manipulator. No, LeBron is a manipulator, but I don't think that has anything to do with his field goal percentage I think at it, all. I, I think it completely does. I think he knows – that, uh, oh, he definitely is like, oh, I'm gonna uh, if I if like that really controls whether the ball goes in the hoop or not for his threes. Like, I'm not gonna shoot this no, a no, three no, no, tonight no. because it might drop my field goal percentage no, to 39.9. He, 39. Has, he has an idea at sometimes. Everyone has an idea. You had an idea what your field goal percentage is in exactly. fucking fifth grade, but you're not manipulating it. You're sometimes still, you would. No, I wouldn't. It, it, I would fucking Le- shoot the three if, if it's LeBron open. James, look, okay, LeBron James sometimes knows if they're up by enough points and he has nine assists. He'll go out and get that tenth assist sometimes. That's to get nothing a to do with your timeout. No, but I'm just saying he's a manipulator, and that's okay. Yeah, uh, he's, I mean, which is okay. It's a good thing. I like it. It's he's competitive. He's even competitive about his stats. This is a compliment to LeBron James. He's not competitive with his stats. I think he if is. If he was competitive with his stats, wouldn't he try to put up triple doubles every single every single week? No, because his, his. I think he finds efficiency and efficient numbers to be the most important thing. Interesting. Uh, then I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Francis Barsumian just subscribed to our channel on YouTube. Thank so you, thank Francis. you. And if you guys haven't done so yet, go to YouTube.com/slash/SantLiveSports, and you can subscribe to our YouTube page. All right. Next up, we have um, Richard Rope says, "Which surprises you more, the New York Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets?" That's a very very good question actually well it depends in what way I thought Brooklyn was going to be the worst team in the league <laughs> and they're not pretty close it's pretty close but they're a little better and if D'Angelo Russell is healthy I think they'd be a little bit better and farther away from the worst they're team. about three games out for me in the worst record <laughs> but there's a bunch of teams that are also three games out yeah but the Knicks, the Knicks don't just. I actually thought the Knicks were going to be a borderline playoff team this year going into the season, and right now they're a borderline playoff team. So I guess what surprises me more, the Nets. But what are they? Neither one of them is a really big surprise because the Nets are still the last place team. Does no, no, they're not the last place team. Not a last place team, but I mean they're a yes borderline. Last the place weird team. thing is, you know why I'm going to say maybe the Knicks is a little more surprising? Why is that? Because they started off hotter. I thought they would probably be in a better position than 18 and 19 right now. That's and a very good point. you look at Brooklyn, they're 14 and 23, right? Which is one of the bottom in the East. But that's not that far from the Nets. That's not that far from, I mean, from the Knicks, from the Pacers, from the Heat in that playoff position. That final three, four spots in the playoffs in the East mm-hmm. is a weird spot. I just didn't think the Knicks would be part of that weird flux of teams. I thought yeah. they could sneak into like be a six like con- consistently a six seed with but like, Okay, well, right now um can you give me the how many games back are they of the six seed? Who? In the East, the Knicks. One game. Oh, of well, six seed. Two games. Okay. So I mean, they're right there. But yeah, but then but everyone's right there. I mean, I look, know. the 76ers are like or two games out of the eight seed. The Brooklyn Nets would only be five games out of the eight seed. Wow. I mean, it's a very, it's a very interesting race. I, that Eastern Conference is weird, but the bottom of the West is becoming like that too. 
because there's just so many top-heavy teams. Um, William King says Bogut was a starter who set big picks in rim protector. I'm just not going to compare it to Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. I'm not comparing it to Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, but they lost. What, how much did they lose game five by who? in Cleveland? The, didn't they, they were up, or games, uh, sorry, game five in uh, Golden State. Game five in the finals. I think they lost by less than five points. Yeah, Draymond and Boca to that game, they might have won the game. Yeah, yeah, I had Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. They might have won every won, game. And they might have won every game. I know, I know but, but it, I'm just it, not. Like, com- I, I, but it's still, it's compared like. I just have trouble hearing complaints about. No, I'm not it's saying you're complaining. No, but there are people that complain about Bogut and Green when LeBron played an entire series and somehow won two games in 2015 without Irving and Love. Irving played game one. Yeah, got hurt during game one. Yeah, they played. They lost. I don't want to talk. I don't want to hear you talking about people playing and getting hurt. No, I'm kidding. That has nothing to do with what I was talking no, about. No, man. It was no, it's not even like, a good joke. That was not even a good joke. That had nothing to do with what I was talking about. It not a good joke. But no, you don't like Bogut. Just because you don't like Australia as a I actually like Andrew Bogut. I have nothing against Andrew but Bogut. So he was supposed to be a Cavalash. He had nothing to do with the finals, them not winning the finals. He had 0% to do with it. He had something He had like to do 1% with... to do okay. with it, where Kyrie and Kevin Love would have had like 30% each to do with it. <laughs> yes, yes, but you can still say he had something to do with it, and I can say he had some. They had something to do with missing that finals. It's okay to have both, right? I just don't think it actually plays a role. You don't think different. it made him? No, I don't. I don't have to keep. I'm going to say the same thing again. But so I'm gonna, I think it doesn't play a role. Kyrie, you know forty. What's crazy about that game? What? The Warriors were up nine six. The Warriors lost that game by fifteen points. But they were up at halftime significantly and blew it in the second half. Yeah, that's probably because Bogut was missing, right? They really needed him the first half. That's my point. <laughs> this guy. Andrew Bogut. Doesn't like Andrew Bogut. Number one overall draft pick from Australia. He's a bust then. William King says Kyrie 40-plus tonight. Devin says I have Celtics winning with Kyrie 20 points. Or no, win by 20. Kyrie 36-6-4. Uh, are you trying to jinx him? Uh, Jewis says 22 points tonight for IT, but he's not playing, my man. He said, and oh, uh, Jewis, it's actually Brandon. He said, Rondo from my hometown since high school, he couldn't shoot. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you'd think if he couldn't shoot in the NBA, he shouldn't be able to shoot in high school either. That's true. That's true. Uh, Devin said, tonight, I mean, George LeBron could have been MVP every year. He's playing the same way, LOL. You're probably dissing him somehow. He and, should he should be MVP every year. He is the most valuable player in the league. I mean, it makes no sense how you can not give it to. I mean, if you if I was a voter, every time someone if I was an MVP voter, I just tell everyone around me like, who the, you're voting for? Who Russell Westbrook? What? Like LeBron James is the most valuable player in the league. Yeah, but I, I I'm not gonna doubt the Russell Westbrook votes last year. It makes sense. There's other years I can definitely. Say is more corruptive than that. You led like, them to the six seed. Like the with no when Kevin Durant left him and he averaged triple double. I'm not gonna refute that one. I don't think he's the most valuable player, but you can't refute that one. You can refute like Derrick Rose averaging less points, less assists, less rebounds on worse shooting percentage uh, as a worse seed, getting it over LeBron. That was kind of like nuts. like but Westbrook averaged more points, more assists, more rebounds at least with nobody around him. I know, and they made the playoffs. Derrick Rose, for example, when he won it over LeBron. That's just like unexcusable because there's not one statistic that would tell you that he's better in any way. At least Westbrook averaged more points and assists and rebounds yeah. last year than than other guys. Um, okay, let me just zoom through these. Williams says numbers do lie. LOL. LeBron shooting better than KD and Curry. 
Fair. And William agrees with you. I'm not shocked. He said LeBron knowing about his field goal percentage. Um, Devin said, oh my, laughing my ass off, oh, my God. That makes LeBron God or Illuminati of the NBA. He kind of is. He kind of is. William said, great Kobe segment talking about Kyrie on ESPN. Um, I'll check that out. And Riley Brooks said, making the playoffs six to eight seed in the East is the worst position you can be in the entire NBA mediocrity is so much worse than being an awful franchise. No, you know what's the worst position? The ninth seed. No lottery chance and didn't make the playoffs and your fans are pissed. No, but, but, he, but he's right. No, he's, he's right. right. That 6 to 18 is horrible. Actually, I was reading something, a tweet today that was like, so the it was a buy or sell segment. Somebody, I think it was on the ringer.com. They're talking about buy or sell for each team. And it was like Miami's was hold, question mark. And it was like, well, they have Dion Waiters, Hassan Whiteside, Dragage, and Richardson, um, and a bunch of people on their payroll next year. It's like, so that can they can waddle their way into the sixth or eighth seed and they get blown out in the first round. But it's like, that's definitely not Pat Riley's goal. And it's like, where now? Like now, what? You trade Hassan Whiteside? I don't. Do you, you get you, like that? Is like the six to eight seed. To be in the East, you make the playoffs. You're not a lottery team, but you also have a probably a decent payroll because you have a pretty decent team. But you're gonna get blown out, and like it's Miami. Like Miami fans are not gonna show up to if they're down 3-0 in a playoff series. They're not Miami showing up to a game. Gonna show up if you're up 3-0 in a playoff series. They would if they had LeBron. When LeBron was there, they would. Yeah. Well, no, not really. They didn't show up that much up on the first round. But I could get first round tickets and second round tickets. Two NBA playoff games during LeBron's time in Miami for like nine bucks on StubHub. Yes, but people still went to the games because they were they were cheaper, but they still went to the games. It, it wasn't like empty seats as much as no, 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 not like not empty seats. But you know what I mean. There, it's not like okay, but a lot of towns. I mean, fucking if, if the Grizzlies are in up three zero in a playoff series, I'm sure the chick, tickets are cheaper in Memphis that night. I than don't know. Memphis, I mean, Memphis, they got nothing else going on during that time of year. I did, this is a uh, this is an unnecessary coverage. I have nothing to say about it. I think it the there it obviously every stadium if you're up three zero your tickets are going to be cheaper than if you were unless it's the NBA Finals and you're up three yeah. zero it's going to be cheaper. All right, what do we got next? I think I finished all the comments. Fantastic, good job. That took some time. Um, Thank you all for all those fantastic comments. They were great. Um, next on our agenda is. John Gruden is going to be the next head coach, it looks like, for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Sammy, what do you think? Uh, the Raiders, John Gruden, is this just nostalgia coming back, or is this actually a good idea? Because John Gruden hasn't been a coach now since... Oh, I got one more comment. Sorry, before we move on, because yeah. it's about basketball. Basketball tip-off, that actual page. What is up? Thank you for sharing our post, by the way. Um, basketball tip-off. Yeah, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. I see you guys got a good following. Wouldn't mind to share any any time, anytime yeah. you want. And uh, anyone watching us, go ahead and follow Basketball Tip Off too. I'm doing that right now. I already did. Lamelo and Leandro will be debuting in a week. How significant will the debut really be? Oh, I like this. And yeah. is there a potential ripple effect? Other Americans would play at top teams and suffer for it. This is not even a top team, but it's definitely way above high school level. What are your views? What could happen, positive and negative? Huh. Positively, I'll tell you this. Um, That's a very good question. They could definitely bring some more eyes to international basketball. I'll tell you this right now: if this Lithuanian team has a 
has a like Facebook feed, Facebook live feed or something when these guys play, the numbers are going to start being off the charts. And I don't care how much people bash on LeVar or the Ball family or whatever, whether it's positive or negative marketing, they've done good to get their own personal exposure. Yes. They, they've done a great job. I mean, Leandro, okay, Leandro's supposed to be a really good basketball player, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lamelo. And Lamelo, sorry. Lamelo is, yeah. Yes. Lamelo is supposed to be an NBA. But Leandro is a borderline college player who's going to be, what, the ninth guy off the bench for UCLA? I, would, I don't think he was going to be ninth, but he was just like a rotation He's guy. He's a rotation guy in UCLA. For him to become such a household name, it's pretty remarkable. That shows the marketing, and maybe it has to do a little bit with his um, quick hands overseas. But if you guys don't know, he's you know referencing the stealing. But if it was maybe, but even without that, <laughs> if he was a bench, if you guys didn't know, <laughs> if if he was on UCLA and he was the eighth guy getting seven minutes a game, I'm telling you right now, Lavar Le- would have pulled him out too. Le- I mean, Lavar did pull him out. I said if. He pulled him out because he got suspended. I'm saying if he was the seventh, eighth guy on the bench and getting eight minutes a game and not playing that much in UCLA, I could see LeVar making the same exact move. I think he was going to pull him out anyways. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. No, no, like just even maybe before that even happened. Like he uh, – if you think about it, why did he pull out LaMelo from high school? That's there was point. no reasoning There's behind no it. no reasoning behind it. I think maybe as part of his plan, like, get him to UCLA. I, maybe he had him steal the glasses on fucking purpose. I don't know. Maybe. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> you be shocked? That's what I'm going to say. If his dad was like, just do something stupid. We're going to get involved with Trump. I'm going to get on CNN. Yeah, this is what we're going to do, son. What's that? You're on UCLA basketball now. Fuck the coach. I don't like Steve Alford. That's probably the first thing in his head. Let's make an embarrassment to UCLA. Dad, this is a dumb idea. You listen to me, all right? Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to steal something from China. Well, what can I steal? Gucci store. Fuck it. Get arrested. Actually, there's no way this happened. You're, uh, that's, yeah, I'm going to take that back. There's no chance because they wouldn't want to. the same their, no, guy no, no, no. who made a three-baller brand and made said no to Nike to make his own shoe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's different than being in international jails. Completely different because you can't, you can't really trick your way out of international jails. They literally had help from Trump. Like that was – a shot in the dark. Maybe he didn't know how much, how bad it was going to be. Oh, he got arrested for shoplifting in China. No, they knew about it, George. Come on. I, LeVar. You've been to China. You know you can't see I've been to China. LeVar hadn't. Any, just stop. Just stop. I mean, he obviously didn't tell his son to steal from China and go to international jails where you could possibly be in jail for like 13 months. There's a 0% chance. There's literally a 0% chance. But, but. I don't know. No, I know, because there wouldn't be two other fucking idiots with him being like, great. agree with that idea, LeVar. Like, I'll get suspended, okay. too, and I'm a nobody. Okay, great point. Yeah. I mean, okay. like, or because, or the, if they knew it was a plan, somebody would have stopped him and been like, what the fuck are you doing? It was just three dumbasses being dumbasses in China. Like, fair. we're bigger than China because we play on UCLA, so we're going to steal shit. Okay, fair enough. But, but. Um, Agreed. I don't think LeVar cared that it happened. I, I'd argue that LeVar is happy it happened. Because, yeah, he made it onto CNN. He, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Devin likes the idea. I know Devin likes the idea. Because De- Devin is a, how do I explain? I'm not saying I don't like the idea. I'm just saying it didn't happen. Let's be real. 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here trying to put out put out fake headlines. There's no chance Lavar convinced his son to steal from the Gucci store with two other just guys being idiots to go to jail to get Trump on the phone to get Trump to get him out of jail so Lavar can go on CNN and bash Trump and then make it a headline. I don't know. No, I'm this kidding. is there's no. no I happening. know. I, I mean, I guess I exaggerated a little bit about what I think, but in general, what do I think? Is it going to be a ripple effect? I mean, let's get to the question, right? Um, no, I don't think so. Initially, it's a very small league. He's they're playing. It's not like they're playing in this big league in Lithuania. I mean, they're playing kind of like the minor leagues of a crazy coach. I think it's just going to be good for the show that they have the. Um, the one for uh, Facebook Live, Ball and the Family. Yeah, which um, I don't know if they're going to bring a camera crew to Lithuania, but they, they probably will, knowing them. Oh, yeah. I just feel like there's already been a little bit more of a ripple effect if people not going to college. Like, Emmanuel Moutier did it. There's been a lot more. I feel like international basketball is not big whatsoever here, but right. I hear about it a little more and more every, every other day. Um I could definitely see it being a competitor to college kids one day. Um, it just really depends. You're going to need, for it to really work, you're going to need more guys like Emmanuel Moutier or if it's one of these ball kids that does good enough overseas and does end up going to the NBA, like Lamella. Let's say he plays overseas for two, three years yes. and does go to the NBA. It might start getting a ripple effect a little more. But that. if... This, if none of this leads to NBA players, which I don't know if either one will ever make the NBA. I think LaMelo will. We, we don't know. This might stunt his growth. He's 16. You can't, like, there's no. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I, he's going to for sure. I just, I think he will. That's my, if I'm a betting man. Yeah, I, I, I really, personally, if I had to bet on it, I'd bet not. Okay. Because he's 16, really skinny, not allowed to go play in college anymore. And he's going to play in some league in Lithuania. Unless he ends up going, like, I don't know. Is he going to get better at basketball there? Could. This team didn't have enough money to, like, to operate last year. Right. That's a fantastic point. I mean, I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't know. So my whole point of that is, we for it to cause a ripple effect, we're going to have to see situations where people do opt out of high school or college, mm-hmm. go play overseas and make the, the NBA, and then there might be the next guy that says, okay, I'll do it with my, with the other, I'm like, I'll do it with the number two recruit in the nation. Okay, we're doing it. And then a couple other people do it. And they're like, yeah, I can go play for one year and make $100,000 and then go to the NBA over going to college for free and then go to the NBA. Here's the thing, though. It could also cause a ripple effect of, M- of the NCAA starting to pay players, possibly. that I said that from the beginning. Yeah. You never know. Um, I've changed my mind completely. Actually, I've sorry. I mean, I've doubled down completely on the fact that the NCAA will never play players, uh, because what I've noticed out of NCAA, look at Duke. Let's do, stick to. I'm going to give two examples: one in college basketball, one in uh, NCAA football. Let's look at Duke. What's the one constant each and every year, and they keep winning? Coaching. Coach K. Go look at Alabama. Coach K, coaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have, that was my fault. Yeah, I should okay. have said Coach K. I yeah. don't know. Why. Coaching, I was like, what? There's a specific. Yeah, yeah but and, and same. In general, if you look at college football, 
Alabama, for example, they haven't had the best guys in the NFL, right? I mean, they haven't had the star quarterback. They haven't had that many great NFL players. They've had some. Don't get me wrong. We haven't had that many great players. It's a system. Duke is a system. I believe that these teams, it doesn't matter because the UN, university is going to continue to make money as long as they keep winning and as long as their fans still support. And I think fans will still support regardless if the top players in the nation come. And if you start having to pay your uh, players, then you're going to have to start paying your woman, woman volleyball player. You can't like pick and choose. So I think it's just going to create a bad ripple effect to where at the end of the day, just pay the coach. You make money as a university. As long as the university makes money, and they will as long as they're winning, and that's all dependent on the coach. And it doesn't really matter if you pay the players or not. That's a great point, which is you remember I my man Riley Brooks, good friend of mine since third grade, just had a good great comment because George and I got in this, you know, little argument about it. Not the classic, you know, classic on this show. We got a little argument about this, about um the LeVar Ball League, for yeah. example, right? He said, I think the idea of an American basketball league that pays people similar to LeVar's idea, where you play for one year is more likely than international taking off. NBA players invest to a league and get it started, question mark? I could see it. Which brings me back possibly to the LeVar Ball League. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, and I know it sounds stupid. George thinks it has no idea, no chance of working. I think, for example, I'm not saying the specific LeVar Ball League is going to work. But like Riley said, if NBA, if some NBA players invest in a league like that or invest in LeVar's league and thinks it's a good idea, this has a chance of taking off. I've been saying this like a college. If I'm 18 right now, leaving high school, and this league is starting to take off and somebody says, you know what, you're going to be an NBA. If I ask, like, a, if, if scouts tell my high school coach, like, he's going to make the NBA after one year of college or a LeVar Ball League type of league, and you can make 100000 there or go to college, I would for sure, knowing myself, mm-hmm. choose to go make money. The reason I think LeVar Ball's league could work would specifically, it would just take the right player or the right person to believe in it. Like I never thought of the way Riley was saying it, though, but if like a LeBron James was like, oh, I endorse that and like put money to invest in a league like that, you know that league will go well. Or the other option for a league like that to work would have to be like multiple top recruits in a year, like decommit from Duke and Kentucky and these places and like form a super team in like this kind of league where people actually have some type of reason like, oh, Ben Simmons is in that league. I want to see what he looks like for the NBA. But what are the chances that actually happens? I'm not sure. I don't know what people are... I don't know what kids are thinking these days. Well, if that happens... You got to remember, the whole notion of a kid having to go to college for one year is not a notion required by the NCAA. It's, it's required, required by, the, by NBA. the NBA. So if any sort of league like that even started to have a little inkling of taking off, what the NBA would just do is get rid of that rule, draft these players, and send them to their G League people teams if they are not ready to play. Because really what matters is the top what? five, six prospects. We're not... No one really is going to tune into this league. It's not hurting the NBA, though, is it? What is? Uh, if uh, Like a LeVar Ball League working? It, it it's was, just a feeder system. It's a, it's they probably a, just dissolved the G League and invest in LeVar Ball's league. Well, it would become the G League. The G League would make money that way. I mean, the NBA is just doing everything for money. The NCAA is just a minor league system. College basketball? It's a joke. It's a one-year system for the NBA to scout guys. It's all it really is. Okay, then why would... Do you think they would just be against 
the LeVar Ball League because they could probably be like, we can invest more we money just invest, and oh, double it. Be like, shit, we have to get rid of our own. We have to get rid of the. Uh, no, but see, here's the thing, though. Then they have to, like you said, they have to get rid of the rule, right? Yes. Yes, they have to get rid of a rule. And they've already put money into the G League. And then they just draft a guy. And all of a sudden, imagine if that happened. You know how big the G League would could get? I think the G League could actually take off at that point. If, if Let's just use our team as an example, the Seattle Supersonics that don't exist anymore. Let's say Kevin Durant w- was coming out of high school and we drafted him with the number one or number two overall pick. But he's not really quite ready to play in the NBA for another year. So we're going to send him to our G League affiliate in Everett. You'd watch the Everett games like, oh, yeah, this guy's coming in next year. And that's owned by the NBA that'd make them money. But the only reason they don't do that now is yeah. because there's no other competitive league. The NCAA is doing that for them for free where they have a minor league system where they can actually watch the guy play and then decide. But then if they have to start taking risks, they might as well monetize the risks. It's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't know because now – We'd have like a three-way battle between colleges, the NBA, and like a secondary league, if that secondary league worked. Here's the thing. If the secondary league worked, do you think the really NBA is going to immediately be like, we need to do something to stop the secondary league? I feel like they let it happen. If it, if, if the know. secondary league turns out to be like college where it's just like good players and they feed it to the NBA. Good players, they feed it to the NBA. It all depends on economics. At the end of the day, I don't know what the economics of it are, but if the NBA believes that they can make enough money to have it be worth their time, make it worth their time, then it will happen under the NBA's hands. And it'll be the G League itself. And what will happen is these players, because I mean, realistically, I mean, how many players actually matter on a given season coming into the league that fans around the whole nation know about five, six, seven yeah, it depends on the year. If you're not year. like big on like I haven't watched much college basketball yet this year because it's in the thick of college football, NBA, and NFL right now. Um, I'll start watching in a, like a month or two. But like I, I when when I'm in that mode, like right now in the winter mode where it's not college basketball time yet for me, I sometimes can only name like four or five players, and like three of them would be okay. from my. Sorry, I mean I know we're supposed to be like you know. No, from our local. UW team, yeah, I can name three right now. Yeah, but how about but outside of the local team? Yeah. Michael Porter's not even playing anymore, so that's not even – that's out of the question. I mean, and there's guys like Joel Berry for UNC that I know because he's been there for four years. He's still there. Yeah, he's a starting point guard. Season? Is it Joel Berry? I don't even know if that's the right word. God, I don't know if – it is, yeah, Joel Berry the second. Like, senior. Him, him and JT Barrett have just been around – forever like JT Barrett has been I mean he played with Maurice Claret right in the 98 Sugar Bowl ha did he but um no seriously how long has JT Barrett been at Ohio State four years no way well he's been at least he got hurt and had to take a redshirt year did he redshirt two did he have two hurt years and redshirted two years you can redshirt twice I think can't you you redshirt your freshman year you can great you play two years redshirt injury year play two years that's like six years years (laughs) <laughs> JT Barrett been at Ohio State. That guy has been there forever. Riley said it 100% needs strong backers and endorser. I agree, Sammy. But with the current environment around college sports, it's not out of the question. That's why, okay, even with your idea, George, that maybe it, NBA takes it over, right, if it yeah. did work, 
The point is, though, I could see a league like LeVar Balls. And once again, I'm not saying specifically LeVar Balls is going to work. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, like, so JT Bear got to Ohio State, by the way, in 2013. Yeah, it's not that long ago. It's five years. I, I thought six. Um, but with this whole not paying college athletes thing, a league like LeVar Balls can work for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Basketball tip-off, tip-off said... You're missing how it can work. The standards of play does not matter. Big towns and third cities need an identifying representation of their culture. The G League will never work because although the standard is higher, it has no meaning to the people. Players in and out of the team. In England, you have six national divisions in soccer, two national leagues for rugby union, two for rugby league, at least one for cricket. It can work if it has meaning, which is not determined by the standard of play, referring to basketball leagues. That is very true, but I think we're looking at it more as an alternative to college for the big players. That's what I don't think will ever work. Actually, once again, as much as I've already been saying I think it's going to be able to work, it might really be able to work in the sense that, let's say there's a... You made a reference as like a smaller team in the NBA, but even if it's not a smaller team in the NBA, even if it's like a LeVar Ball type league that puts them in smaller big cities, like... For example, the Everett Silvertips hockey team, for some reason, is packed, has a little arena here that fits, I think, like 15, 20,000, and people love it. Why can't that happen for a basketball team? I feel like in smaller big, like, oh, like the out, like 45 minutes away from downtown, whatever, there's this affiliate team that has some young studs that are going to be NBA players one day. People would actually show up. Yeah, they show. No, no, I think they show up to the games. I just don't think it work on a TV product too much. Like no one watches Everett Silvertips hockey team on TV, but I will, I'll go to the game, which I'm going to maybe we should go here in a couple of weeks because it's fun. Yeah, but that's like people would start watching it right. if they have the young college stars is True. the point that right. are choosing that over college. Riley says, this also doesn't have to be a league where you stay for one year no matter what. These guys could stay for an extended period of time and get paid. But the idea is that it allows one and dones to get paid or anyone who doesn't want to sit through college to get paid. It's a good very, point, too. Good point. Remember, like, uh, like um, yeah, it doesn't have to just be in reference to one and dones. That's a great point. That's a great point. The Joel Berries that have to go four years before they maybe can make the NBA, maybe not make the NBA, could have made $100,000 a year this year going you know for the last four years correct and still probably maybe be in the same situation very fair maybe not and maybe that's the interesting thing uh we're not going to know until it happens but it's something that i would genuinely like to see same here and uh i got a personal message from Devin mark i think he meant to say on the show because he like half the comment was on the show half the comment was in my personal message a couple messages as as uh questions too but from our uh chat bot but they haven't uh i guess same problem we had yesterday. Create appointments still there. Ah, okay. Well, let me say what Devin said on my message. George, you made it a point about coaches. I feel like quarterbacks run the NFL and coaches run college. Completely and utterly agree 110%. Look, if you go look at, like, let's look at the NFL. What do they talk about when you talk about NFL players? You say the Brady's, Montana. Uh, Elway, you you say these big quarterback names. When you talk about college football, I don't feel like you're talking too much about Reggie Bush and Bear and uh, 
and Matt Leinard and Tim Tebow. You're talking about coaches. You're talking about the Nick Sabans, the Red Bear Bryants, the Jimmy Johnsons, and Miami. And Miami might be the only exception in in a part way in talking about the Tex, um, in Texas, the head coaches. You're talking about Pete Carroll. You're talking about names of head coaches in college. Well, in the NFL, you're just talking about the quarterback with the exception of, I guess, Walsh and Montana and Brady and Belichick. You kind of tie them in together. Yeah. There's always exceptions but, to the rule. But here's the interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. I still think the reason there's an exception to the rule is exactly what you said. There's like the Belichick's to Brady's, right? Right. But also, if you take them separately, I think if Belichick was given the Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. or Brady's not given Belichick mm-hmm. in some way, I think Brady can still be a Super Bowl champ because – the play on the field, he is the quarterback. Like he runs the show. Yep. So you make you make Belichick the coach of the Browns. Yeah, they're gonna be better, but he, he's not gonna be a five-time Super Bowl champ. Correct. If he doesn't have the quarterback, but Tom Brady could have still been a maybe a two-three-time quarterback champ if he was with Pete Carroll on the Seahawks. Correct. But you know what's funny that today, I think it was today in history, I, I was listening to you know iHeartRadio. I, I might be wrong if today's not the exact date, but uh, Bill Belichick in, accepted the head coaching offer for the New York Jets, and then 12 hours later, resigned as head coach of the New England, the New York Jets, to take the job of the New England Patriots because Bill Parcells called him. Bill Parcells was ready to step down, and Bill Parcells wanted Belichick to take his spot. I, I just think it's interesting. The what could have been. The what could have been. Maybe Brady would have been drafted on the Jets. Maybe it'd be the whole same thing but as the Jets. You never know. All right, and I'm going to go through some of those comments on – we have some questions in our messages. Um, yeah, and I don't know if they, they're listening or not. But I'm going to ask good, them. They're good questions. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Patriots. From Jalen Lang. What up, Jalen? What's up, Jalen? Um, I also – but I'm going to go with the Patriots as well. Um, I know. Sorry, it's not that. Uh, it's not like we're going out on a limb here or anything. But I mean, I'm just gonna go. I, we're gonna get into a Patriots conversation here in a little bit after the Gruden conversation, if if we get to them. But yeah, I got the Patriots. Yeah, I got the Patriots too. Um, Cheney Blackhole Black Owl said, "Cavs gonna lose straight up." Ha ha. I hope Boston is the king of the East. Boston is not the king of the East, but. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat him in a regular season game. Not 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 too uh, not too shocking. No. Um, let's see. We had a couple more. Can't find them anymore. But there's just this is a little confusing. Got a lot of messages. We had a little it, a little problem. Somebody said, "Let's go Buffalo Bills." Sounds good. Go Dogs. And the SEC, they mean the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. You know, um, that's going to be a fantastic game. Man, this weekend, we got a lot to talk. We got playoff preview. We got the national championship Monday, which is nice because we can talk about that Monday. Yeah, that's exciting. Fantastic. All right. All right. That was all I got there. Um, Let me – do we got any more comments on this one? I have to keep refreshing today for the comments. But – I think this is time for us to take uh, our quick break. Yes, absolutely. Because it's been a little longer. So we're gonna we'll be back in about about five ish minutes. But in the meantime, before we're back, um, you get to watch a highlight of Isaiah Thomas showing out in his 
Cleveland Cavaliers debut. And the music that's going to be playing is by Jacob West. So please enjoy. Straight to the face, straight to the face You feeling, you feeling, you feeling my pace, yeah Bass all loud, got my whole team Rocking the boat on your main thing Who would've thought we got big dreams? Money just talking, I hear things Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we could fold those Everybody talking, so oh no Loving my team while you fall close I know, you know, we know Why? I know, you know, we know why you feelin' my baseline? Feelin' my feelin' my baseline. You feelin' my baseline. You feelin' you feelin' my baseline. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feelin' my baseline. Feelin' my feelin' my baseline. You feelin' my baseline. You feelin' you feelin' my baseline. Feeling my baseline, feeling my feeling my baseline. Straight to your face, straight to your face. You feeling you feeling the vibes. Feeling my baseline, feeling my feeling my baseline. Straight to your face, straight to your face. You feeling you feeling the vibes. Money just changed like pesos. Man just changed for the bankroll. Funny how the crew so deep, everything so sweet, but we always feel alone. We always feel alone, and I ain't worried about a thing but a beat. Roll on the beat, and you feel in this pace. Straight to the face, straight to the face. Walking so proud, I'm a king. Moving that body, you feeling that bass. I could just say that you're fake. I could just say that you're fake. You feeling, you feeling my bass. You feeling, you feeling my bass. Straight to the face, straight to the face. You feeling, you feeling my bass. You feeling, you feeling, you feeling my bass. Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we could fall those. Everybody talking so, oh no. Loving my team while you fall close. Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we could fall those. Everybody talking so, oh no. Loving my team while you fall close. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling you feeling my baseline. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling you feeling my baseline. Everybody move to the bass, oh yeah, to the face You hearing my music just change, you loving, you loving my pace You feeling, you feeling my bass, bass, straight to the face, straight to the face You feeling, you feeling, you feeling my bass, yeah Bass all loud, got my whole team, rocking the boat on your main thing Who would've thought we got big dreams, money just talking, I hear things Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we could fold those. Everybody talking, so oh no. Loving my team while you fall close. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling you feeling my baseline. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know. 
why you feeling my baseline feeling my feeling my baseline you feeling my baseline you feeling you feeling my baseline Feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. Straight to your face, straight to your face. You feeling, you feeling the vibes. Feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. Straight to your face, straight to your face. You feeling, you feeling the vibes. Money just changed like pesos. Man just changed for the bankroll. Funny how the crew so deep, everything so sweet, but we always feel alone. We always feel alone, and I ain't worried about a thing but a beat. Roll on the beat, and you feeling this pace. Straight to the face, straight to the face. Walking so proud, I'm a king. Moving that body, you feeling that bass. I could just say that you're fake. I could just say that you're fake. You feeling, you feeling my bass. You feeling, you feeling my bass. Straight to the face, straight to the face. You feeling, you feeling my bass. You feeling, you feeling, you feeling my bass. Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we can fall those. Everybody talking so, oh no. Loving my team while you fall close. Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we can fall those. Everybody talking so, oh no. Loving my team while you fall close. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. I know, you know, we know. Why? I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. Everybody move to the bass, oh yeah, to the face. You hearing my music just change? You loving, you loving my pace. You feeling, you feeling my bass, bass. Straight to the face, straight to the face. You feeling, you feeling, you feeling my bass, yeah. Bass all loud, got my whole team rocking the boat on your main thing. Who woulda thought we got big dreams? Money just talking, I hear things. Bad girls, so what? Crew so deep, we can fall those. Everybody talking so, oh no. Loving my team while you fall close. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know. Why you feeling my baseline? Feeling my feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline? You feeling you feeling my baseline? I can also hear. And we're back. Sorry about the little bit of a delay, but we've had so many Woo! comments. We had to go get some water and be back here live for you guys. Hope you guys are still <laughs> doing well. <laughs> usually, Sammy, usually Sammy and intros in, but he didn't. Like, well, we, we, we need to get some water to be back. We're back. We just took our break. What is up? We're back to talking sports, and uh, I hope everybody is still here. Um, Why would right. you be though, right? Why would you not be here? I don't know. Good question. Yeah, but we're here. Um, time to talk some more sports today in sports really quick before we get into our uh, other segments, by the way, really, really love William's idea of the smart move, dumb move. That's a segment on the show for sure. We're going to start working on it and make sure it becomes a segment. Um, Marvin Lewis 
Haha. Says the Bengals will start from scratch. The assistant head coach is gone. Marvin Lewis is coming back for a 16th try at a playoff victory. And it goes on in San Diego. Or in Cincinnati, sorry. Um, in a what have you done for me lately league, the Bengals remain the outlier. Um, he said they're, they're going to have to just start from scratch. Start from scratch. You're going to have to start from scratch regardless. You might have to start from scratch of someone you understand and everything. Um, that's the only way they can go about it and be positive about it. Uh, I don't know if Marvin's aware of what starting from scratch really means. Because that means he'd be gone. Because that means you'd be gone, Marvin. So, no, um, you're not starting from scratch. You're actually starting from about the same foundation that you really are. You're just you're remodeling the house, but you're still living in the same one. Yeah, and you probably have the same quarterback um, yeah. and the same coach, which is the two most important things. Um, yeah. 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 They'll be mediocre again next year. Um. The Packers' offensive coordinator is now out as the overhaul continues. Um, it looks like they're keeping Mike McCarthy, which I think is the right move. I think Mike McCarthy is um, a top seven head coach in the league. But interesting enough, Joe Philbin and Ben McAdoo are the two top options right now for the offensive coordinator ben job. McAdoo. Which I think Ben McAdoo would be a great one. He is an offensive coordinator. He is not a. It's pre, uh, He is not. A head coach. He can't deal with the media and do this, but he's obviously not bad. The offense with Odell Beckham last year and everyone healthy was fine. No, no, no. Yeah, he's an offensive coordinator. There's some guys who are offensive coordinators and there's guys who are head coaches. And uh, I'm just like, I know that you're looking at your phone on the same thing I am, so I'll just wait for you to announce that on uh, Today in News. Today in Today's News, Josh Rosen mm-hmm. and Sam Darnold both declare for the draft. And according to the rankings, that Darnold's the number one prospect and Rosen is number two, which um, one thing I want to say about that is I think Sam Darnold is so fucking overrated as a uh, you every, people can probably outsmart me with the SEC stuff, the Big Twelve stuff, the Big Ten stuff, mm-hmm. but for me and George, the games we watch the most are Pac-12 games and Pac-12 at night, and when Pac-12 when USC plays any team that they put on TV here on Saturday nights while we're sitting down hanging out having a beer, so. We've seen a lot of Sam. We've seen a lot of Sam Darnold against Texas, against Wazoo, against uh, just whoever it's on TV. Right? The dude throws a lot of picks. He's going to be a good, very. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. But I, I can see he's not better than Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen is better, but I think he'd be a better fit in Cleveland because he's a bigger, stronger kid. Uh, I can see his career kind of emulating a similar quarterback that you know, and just retired right now, Carson Palmer. He's a very, very talented quarterback. I just don't – I believe he's going to be drafted by Cleveland. I think he's going to be okay in Cleveland, but he's going to end up playing in places that may not be the best place to play for his career. Interesting enough. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, the reports this morning was he's staying in college. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. UCF <laughs> to raise a championship banner. I heard – we talked about the parade yesterday, but I'm going to read this out to you. UCF's athletic director, Danny White, said Wednesday that the program has d- decided to claim a national championship. I like that. Claim a national championship. Oh, I claim us, by the way, number one rated show on, uh, on the internet. Yeah, I, I claimed it also. And will place a championship banner inside of Spectrum State and recognize this undefeated 2017 season. 
Um, nonetheless, the school said it will hold a celebratory parade for that team at Disney World on Sunday. That is fucking sick. That's fucking <laughs> at funny. Disney World. Yeah, um, Mickey Mouse fucking program. <laughs> this is awesome. Since the victory on New Year's Day, football has USC football UCF football has changed its Twitter display name to 2017 National Championships with a logo designed to match. Um, yep. So this is Danny White, Danny White, or da- Dana White. I mean, if from you the US, from the UFC, very if, similar. Um, if you go to their Twitter page, I, can people see this on camera? I don't even know if they can. Here, just pull, um, pull up the graphic of your. Yeah, pull computer. up the graphic of my screen. Here, just real quick. All right, just show them on your screen. Pull so graphic you, three. Yep. You see this? This is their cover photo. National championships. The only. 2017 undefeated championships. And do, am I still on the screen? No, I took it off now. Okay. Underneath it was a quote that said, Our undefeated national champion knights are an inspiration. They battled adversity, lit up scoreboards, and created defining moments for UFC. UCF. Perfection. Congratulations. From their president. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I, the next announcement I'm sure is coming up soon. They're, oh, the players are going to receive national championship rings probably. Well, they get they get their Fiesta Bowl rings. Yeah, but they, I mean, the school will probably provide them with national championship rings. This I think fu- this, is a, this is a fucking awesome marketing pitch. Like, it's fucking funny. Look, you're not national champion. You don't just decide I'm the national champion. You have to win the national championship. Scott Frost now gonna consider himself national champion head coach Scott Frost. I don't know. That's a good question because. Um, I brought a national championship to UCF. Now I'm coming to Nebraska to bring you a national championship. No, Might not win a national championship, but I'm going to claim it. No, because they don't want the they wouldn't. He doesn't want to be the nut. It's about the school being a little like social media funny. Actually, I follow UCF because they've already been good on social media. I think when they did not make the playoffs, there was a tweet by them like, "Well, that's disappointing." But like it was, it was some like funny tweet where I was kind of like, like Ohio State. Lost or like thanks Ohio State or thanks Wisconsin. I forget something about that. No, no, it was like when they did not make the playoffs. They had a tweet that was funny, like, "Well, that's weird." They had, they had some weird, funny tweet that went viral. Yeah, you know, he's not that serious about it. Who? The, the AD. No, but they're they're. I'm, t- I'm talking about their social media right mm-hmm. now. Their social media. I follow UCF's social media. No, no, no I got you. I got you. They have a way of making things really funny, and that's why they were able to have all this attention. Even, I mean, places like Sports Illustrated um, made tweets with, what's his name? The guy with no hand, like holding up a national championship trophy, the player on their team with oh, no yeah. hand. It's like your thoughts. And he retweeted it saying, now we're talking. Shaquem Griffin. Yeah. Like now we're talking. And then everybody's talking about like the national championship UCF. I think it's hilarious. I think they're not stupid. They, they're they doing this just for like. Attention. Yeah. And this might help with recruiting. Like make it seem kind of funny. Um, but, but see, their Twitter handle now is 2017 National Champions. <laughs> like the funny thing is, they can, they wanted to be, they want to be in the big boys club. You can't do this if you want to be in the big boys club. Well, you, you, they can't be in the big boys club. That's the point. I know, but they know that. That's why they do this. If they ever actually won a national championship, let's say the playoffs went to eight teams, they take down this, this one, right? I don't think so. Do the players actually celebrate the parade or are they laughing the whole time? 
Uh, I, I know they're proud they won. Like they did make a great accomplishment, but I mean, they're not like actually think they're national champions during the parade, right? They like know it's the Peach Bowl. Well, parade. they know that, but they feel like they should be national champions because it's the only undefeated team. I don't know. Sweet CC on Periscope, what up? She said, LOL. Well, with the Browns having the first and fourth pick, I'll definitely be going back to college instead. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Sam Darnold is not going back to college. and I think the, Sam Darnold's going to be picked by the Browns, and Josh Rosen will be picked by the Giants. If I'm the Browns, mm-hmm. if somehow they, one of them, they take one of them, the other one falls to four, take them both. Why? I, I heard this theory yesterday. Um, you take them both. You bring both of them to training camp. Whatever one you like more, you keep the other one. You trade off for more assets. Yeah, you it's know, actually a genius You idea. know they're both not going to drop the four, but Josh Allen might. Take two quarterbacks. Listen to this. They have such – they're not good at drafting. Mm-hmm. You go from a 50%. They're going to have a new GM now, so we don't know if he's not True, but draft. you have like a 30% chance of it working out. You draft both of them or two of the top three quarterbacks. They have like a 60% chance you could trade them for assets. I think it was a genius idea. Um, I guarantee you it? it doesn't happen, unfortunately. Unless they trade them and trade, like pick them and trade it down again. Unless they're genius. It's actually not a bad idea. Is that for them? But I just don't think it'll happen. For any other team, I'd be like, you're idiots. But this would be the one time I'm kind of like a stupid move, but I'd be like, huh. Like, you are so dumb. I'd be like, you guys have something going, I mean, though. That's so dumb. It just might work. That's really, it really might. Um, let me see if I have anything more in today in today's news. I'm, I'm a little unprepared today. Sorry. But I'm a little unprepared because I didn't expect us to be going this long. And I thought I'd have time to prepare for this segment. Um, yeah. But now I'm not prepared. Um, Shit happened. We got another NFL player charged with pot possession. Who? Buck safety TJ Ward charged for pot possession. Arrested in Tampa Wednesday morning on, a, on an outstanding warrant, warrant for failure to appear Stemming from October's arrest for marijuana possession and possession of drug paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's bullshit. You know why? Why? I mean, this guy was playing in Denver earlier this season. I mean, before the season. got cut during training camp. He's played in Denver for a few years. It's been legal there for a few years. The guy, I mean, come on. That's true. Number one. Number two, if it's legal in some states, it's something that should be legal everywhere. Right. So, also... Like, if you're an NFL player, if you're allowed to go smoke cigarettes, they should probably be able to smoke weed because, especially because out of anybody in the world that needs, like, a relaxation for their body, it's probably Probably NFL NFL players. players, So, I find it funny. But The only reason it's not legal in the NFL is because I think it'd create a disproportionate um, competitive disadvantage for states that don't allow pot smoking. Okay, but every state like knows people smoke pot. I know, but like TJ Ward doesn't give a shit. I mean, that he's smoking pot. He hasn't tested positive for marijuana in the NFL this year. But he got arrested for it. Very interesting. It's a good point. Yeah. All right. Johnny Gruden. Chucky. Why is he called Chucky? Because he looks just like the doll Chucky. No, he doesn't. Chucky has red hair. He has blonde hair. I know, but he looks a lot like Chucky, and he's angry like Chucky when he was a coach, and now he's a funny guy. All right, this is nostalgia, right? I mean, can this work? I'm, the NFL's changed so much. It's been so long he's been out of a league as a head coach, but I'm going to argue one thing. This is the greatest move the Oakland Raiders can make for their brand. They're going to Las Vegas. 
they're bringing in the big star. It's kind of like bringing, you know, Celine Dion to Caesar's Palace. You're bringing John Gruden, Monday Night Football guy, to be the head coach of a lot of Vegas Raiders. Right? I mean, this just it makes sense. Maybe not football. I'll get to that in one second. Because Sweet Season, I heard that about the Jets. You're right, Sammy. I think I hope you're talking about the quarterback thing. The quarterback thing's not a bad idea. I'm just trying to tell George. It's not uh, a bad idea. I didn't say it's a bad idea. I said it's, it's not gonna you're saying it's never gonna happen. Yeah, but it's, not it's not a bad happen. idea. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. But I'll answer your John Gruden question now. So John Gruden. I mean, for me personally, I was like when he was going for the Tennessee job, when I was talking about this job. I was continuing. Yeah, I was continuing like, yeah, John Gruden. That's so cool. That's so awesome. He's so great, right? Mm -hmm. But then you realize, once again, like everything else in this world, sometimes media and certain types of attention can kind of trick you, trick your mind. Absolutely. Um, John Gruden has been a big celebrity recently Mm -hmm. for the last what ten years. Absolutely. He's been a guy that. uh, is on ESPN all the time, has the Gruden quarterback camp. He's been yep. just a funny guy. He's been kind of all over the place as an attention seeker. Not, I'm not saying he's purposely seeking attention, but oh, he's, he's, purposely he's seeking on attention. platforms that are purposely meant for people to get attention. Yeah, I, think, I think he's an attention seeker. I, I, I'm not going to say that. Okay. That's, I mean that in the sense that like he's on attention-seeking platforms. Like He has a TV show, which is going to bring you attention. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. thinking he's super, you know, trying to be getting more attention. I just think that's part of this his world persona. now. Yeah. His persona and the things that he did professionally brought him more and more attention. Right. In um, the Super Bowl, he won a Super Bowl, right? He did but the more Bowl. I've been hearing about it and listening about it, and remember, when he won that, this tells you, I was what, 10 years old? No, I was like, no, sorry, I was like, wow, I Jesus. don't know when he... He, he won, won in what, 2001? Yeah, you were... Eight. I was in first grade. Yeah, you were eight years old. Wow. In... This shows you, first of all, you he know what's has funny? A, what? I did your math. I was like, wow, he's 14 years old. And I was like, wait, that wasn't been me. <laughs> yeah. So think so about eight, that. Yeah. That's how long it's been since he was like a successful head coach in the NFL. Yeah. He had all subpar seasons after that and then was out. And he hasn't coached in 10 years now. Right. So he's a 500, if not below 500 type of coach. He got traded from Oakland to Tampa Bay, knowing he wanted to go there because he knew it was a stacked roster already, won a Super Bowl, and then was an average coach since then. I think we've been tricked by the media and by he's tricked us with the Gruden quarterback camp and all this to regard him higher than he actually is. Like even a Greg Popovich. If Greg Popovich left for 10 years from coaching and tried to come back, I'd have some concerns. If Phil Jackson right now said he wanted to coach a basketball team, I think 90% of the NBA would be like, this nah. old nut, I don't think so, right? So is it a great marketing idea? Yes. Yeah, could I'm, it? About, I'm just talking marketing-wise. For Phenomenal. It. Yeah, I'll get to the football thing after you. And could it work out? Mm-hmm. Totally. Maybe he's still a good coach. Maybe, maybe this is a good thing for a football coach, especially NFL, to get some time off and refresh your damn mind for 10 years, right. come back at it. Maybe he does well. I could be... You know what? Would you be shocked he does better than Jack Del Rio did this year? No. Probably not. Especially but, if he has a healthy roster on like this year. But does he deserve ownership stake? Is he that valuable for as a coach? Not as a marketing okay. person, but t- is he that valuable of a coach to deserve ownership stake? 
no coach, in my opinion, outside of a handful. Maybe a Bill Belichick. Maybe a Pete Carroll. Maybe. He's like borderline. But He's borderline are good enough to actually deserve a stake in ownership. But as a coach, but as a marketing personality, John Gruden, I just think, is the best fit for the Las Vegas Raiders brand when they become the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, but coaching. Let me say one thing about that yeah. before we move on. Before you get to coaching. Mm-hmm. But part of the marketing for it, too, is not about Vegas. It's more about how to sell tickets in the last year or two, just like the Marshawn Lynch move, right. just like John Gruden. This brings more attention in Oakland right. for There's now. There's only one and, more year left in Oakland now. Yeah. And they'll have Marshawn and they'll have John Gruden. That's going to sell tickets well, in I, Oakland. I, I think Marshawn's gone. After next year. No, after this year. I don't think so. I, that's my what I'm hearing. Um, I think he's there. He could be. But anyway, but the thing about this to me is simply, very simply, like you said, outside, and you got to fix the camera, out, outside. <laughs> I was giving George a little head nod that you guys can, can't yeah, see. Outside. Oh, <laughs> that's what that was? I thought you were stretching your neck. Uh, outside of his Super Bowl run, and his, or after his Super Bowl run, he became somewhat of a mediocre head coach, and that's not any. That's not saying John Gruden's not going to be a good head coach. That's not saying that John Gruden is a bad coach. It's not saying that he couldn't become the best coach in the NFL when he comes back. I'm just saying it's been ten years. The guy has had a cushy job called Monday Night Football, where you're an announcer. And, and did Gruden's QB camp. I mean, we know him more for Spry- Spider 2 Banana, whatever he says. Like he knows every playbook when anyone who watches, like actually I was listening to a podcast, all the stuff he says is very, very uh, vanilla schemed. Is he going to be a great head coach? Who knows? But, for, but to get that 10 years, after 10 years to get that type of money and an ownership stake? That is a damn, damn reach, if you ask me. Now, am I glad he's, this is happening? Hell yeah, it's good for our business. It, like At the end of the day, it's good for our business. But how good of a head coach is John Gruden really going to be? I have no idea. But in general, good, good hire because it sells tickets. It's good for marketing. And at the end of the day, it's good for business. It's good for the Oakland Raiders brand. And for them, that's what they're doing right now. They're in, they're doing two things. They're trying to salvage one last season in Oakland, as Sammy said, and then they're trying to get into Las Vegas with a strong brand. And John Gruden is the Raiders brand. He's brash. He's loud. He will fit Las Vegas absolutely perfectly. Does that mean they're going to win football games? I don't know. And you know what? If they start losing football games, he's out. I mean, you can only do the cool branding for a couple of years, and if you don't win, the brand doesn't matter anymore. True. I I hope it works out for him, though. Me too. I like him. And I think I read something today that Derek Carr's 26. That's really young. Who is? I, I could be Derek Carr. I could be wrong about that. but I Yeah, he's young. He's one of the younger quarterbacks in the league. Like, even a Matt Stafford, right, is 29 years old. Isn't Russell Wilson, like, 28 now? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson's around 28. But Derek Carr, let me double-check that. Yeah, he's 26. He doesn't turn 27 until March. So next year, he's only going to be a 27 year. He was born in the 90s. He's a young guy still. Absolutely. Like, this guy can have a lot of years left on his career, um, which I know something for John Gruden. 
he obviously is a good quarterback coach. So if Derek Carr is as good as he was two years ago, with John Gruden, maybe could get better. This team can definitely compete. Absolutely. And so I like it. I just um, I just don't know if, first of all, is it going to be an attractive free agent destination? I don't know if Vegas is going to be good for free agents. I don't know yet. I, I can't tell you yet. I'm not worried about free agents in football. I'm worried about the head coach. Ah, free agents gonna... matter, George. I mean, we look at it. One of the biggest reasons Green Bay always has trouble growing is the summertime. It's free agent. Yeah. If they don't have a quarterback, they have nothing. They've had a quarterback for 20 years now. Okay, but if they don't have if they don't, Aaron Rodgers, if they had even a mid-level quarterback right now, they Let's would be David bad Carter, team. Like you said, 26. He plays for 12 more years in a high level. Like a lot of quarterbacks are doing nowadays, which is crazy if you ask me. They yeah, got quarterback next 12 years. You draft well, you have another quarterback. Fair game. Yeah, I can live with it. Me too. David Mark said, I'm liking this three-hour thing. Good show, guys. Let's hope these Cavs kick ass. I'm about to go dip out and go pregame. Enjoy. Peace sign and some, they some tree. minutes, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, Nick Saban. Ooh. Let's talk about that really quickly. Unless you have anything else to say on Gruden. No. <laughs> I got nothing, man. John Gruden, bro. Um... The only thing I got to say is You just does. said nothing. No, 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 I, well, do, uh, um, I do got one. So let me. Uh, I got one. I do you got know. one to say. I wasn't going to say it. How, like, was this his plan all along? Why did he, was he so hum-ho, gun-ho on Tennessee? Seemed like he was taking that job. And it seemed like he was taking a Tampa job. Did he have this in the back of his mind? Did this Was this something that was just going to happen? I just wonder what will come out later on. That's all. What do you mean? Like, uh, obviously, he wanted to come back into coaching, right? I wonder if he just used the Tennessee job, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers job, and tried to basically use that as leverage to get a little bit more money from the Oakland Raiders. Hmm. Interesting. I know. I don't know. I Me can't either. tell you. Um, I'm just interested when this news is going to first come out, too. I know. It still hasn't, huh? Like, officially come out. It's It's been, like, it's been on and off. Like, yeah, he's, he's, like, yeah, it's expected to happen. Or, no, yeah, like, it's going to happen. We're figuring some stuff out. What really happened right now, recently, is that they're trying to uh, admit to the Rooney rule, where they're currently oh interviewing right. African-American Jeez. coaches right now just to say they did. Okay. And not giving them the job that's, that they're gonna that, hire. That's great. Good, good job, NFL. Yeah. Way to make him. Yeah. We hey, we hired John Gruden. Did you interview an African American? Oh yeah. Let me just go get a huge accent and just bullshit him like, for like no, an that's hour. That's such bullshit. Like that's like I said. That brings that. That's how equal we are, right? Yeah, we're that, so equal that we're gonna fake interview an African American coach. What, see what my mic thinks about that? <laughs> He's my, pissed. My, my mic is pissed. Like we're gonna fake interview a African American coach. To make this equal. Yeah. That's being unequal. That could be the one of the worst ideas of all time. I agree. Um, so Nick Saban was bitching. Yeah, good for him. I like what As always. Him. I do too. Um, about the only a one-week break between uh, for the championship game. Which, at some times, you know, I was like, yeah, it's that big of a deal that I thought. How many weeks is there before a Super Bowl? Two. Two. There used to be only one. 
But why they change it to two? <sighs> For the media day. But I have some thoughts. You give me your thoughts first. If we really cared, which I don't think nobody actually does care, if we really cared about player safety, especially for college kids, I think you would definitely, a team that's already played an extra game than probably, what, 50% of the teams? I'd say well, half, almost half the teams make bowl games now, right? Everyone makes a bowl now. Half the teams, I, right? Yeah. So, but they're already playing an extra game the most than half the teams, and they're going to play an extra game than 99.9% of the teams. There's two teams now that are going to play an extra game more than anybody. Why would you not just give them an extra week off to help them rest, help them have a better football game? Mm-hmm. I'd prefer to see more players healthy for Georgia and more players healthy for Alabama and more rested players for both. Now, there's going to be the people that argue, well, then they're going to be a little more rusty. Right. I, don't, I think a week off in the middle of the year is good. It's, at the end of the year, it's not going to be a rust game, personally. I completely agree, Sammy, about that part. But here's why Nick Saban wants this Nick Saban in bowl games look up his record every bowl game he has a long time to prepare I'm not sure what it is but if you can pull that up for me while I keep talking I believe his bowl record is freaking fantastic Nick Saban knows the more time he has to prepare the more likely he is to be the superior coach and win when you shrink the amount of time and preparation what do you consider a fantastic Way above 500. It's, he's 11-9. and nine. What's his <laughs> bold record at Alabama? Don't know that, but 11-9. Right, it's not that great. Bless <coughs> you. Um, let's see. In Alabama, mm-hmm. well, he has three losses from Michigan State. Okay. So 11-6. and six. But He That's pretty also good. coached at LSU. Oh, he has two L's there, two, three dubs. Okay, at Alabama, I'll give you Alabama. Here, this will make this will help your argument. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and three. Two of those losses were in national championship games during the playoffs, right? Or one? Eight and three. So he's eight and two. Oh wait, no, there's more than that now because they're considering bowl games. The last three years, mm-hmm. it was win-win, win-loss, and then a win, and now this is another bowl because they, they get two bowl games now. Right. But the, one of the losses was last year with a one-week break. So in Alabama, he's actually 8-2 and two on long breaks before bowl games. He'd be 8-3. and three. He lost the Sugar Bowl in 2014-2013 and the Sugar Bowl in 2008. In Alabama, 2008? Yeah. He's in Alabama in 2008? Wow. He was in Alabama in 2007. They went 2-6, and 1-4 okay. in conference. Really? Wow. And then won the Independence Bowl because I think he came mid-year. They beat... Uh, Colorado, the Big 12 Colorado Buffaloes. Um, In the Independence. Yeah. Fantastic, Nick. Uh, Yeah, so he has a pretty good record at Alabama in bowl games. He'd be 8-3 if it wasn't for the national championship last year, which was a one-week break. So let's take that one out, right? That's 8-2, correct? Yes. He'd be 8-2 coming off of long breaks. So I think that's why he wants it. I think he knows that he's a better coach than most coaches, and the more preparation – he has, the more likely he is to win. So that's why he's complaining. I don't know if it's that, though. Don't you feel like there's some good reason to complain? I played to the SEC schedule every week. They have one week. They don't have weeks off between games. Like, what, what, what was his main reasoning behind complaining? Did he say or just bitching? 
he says that it's not enough rest for his team and da 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 da. But he said if we care about player safety, well, which is all good points. They're all good points, but I mean, then should we have a week off between every SEC game? And he goes plays. He would have played uh, Auburn, and then the next week, if they beat Auburn, they would have went and played Georgia one week later. Instead, they had a week off. Interesting, right? Yeah. Here's something interesting for you. Nick Saban does not lose to his former assistants. Like, ever. Like, he never this has. Is, yeah, this is what this sentence says. Like, ever. He's 11-0 against his former assistants, um, with the closest margin of victory being 14 points. So it's never even been a close game. Well, you know Cam Kirby Smart changed that. You know what they say, Sammy? 12 chimes a charm. Did they say that? No, they don't. <laughs> now, Nick Saban's just... Who's they? You know, that's one thing they have never explained to me, who they actually are. If anyone knows who they are, like, everyone, oh, that's what they say. Like, who's they? And Mr. Holden, uh, Mr. Holdbook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's two subscribers during the show. Wow. So, thank you. And if you guys are watching still, <laughs> you can comment live. What? Thank you. The way you said that was so. Like, I choked on my own oh, okay. space. I thought you were just like because his name is Mister. You were trying to be like really. Mister Holbrook. No, I mean he has a picture of I think like Paul Pierce. No, I, I don't know who that's not Paul Pierce, but check it out. Comment anytime. We'll answer your comments. We'll answer your comments. All right, Louis. As they say, twelve times the charm. I don't think. I don't think Georgia is gonna win personally. Mm-hmm. I would bet on Alabama because. I mean, it's Alabama. Yeah, same. <laughs> Pretty simple. Um, here's another question for you. In, I'm with you 100%. But is there's going to be a point where Nick Saban's dominance kind of wears down, right? I mean, is it going to have to eventually? No. No. It would in the NFL. But... When you're not in the NFL and you're in college, it's the recruiting. Has Coach K slowed down? Has Roy Williams slowed down? Has Cal Perry slowed down? No. Did even Wisconsin with what's his face? um, Bo Ryan? Yeah, slow down? Nope. Why? Because it's all about the recruiting. It's all about the recruiting. So it always works out in college. College is always going to be a different type of situation compared to others. Yeah, and then one day, though, he will lose to an assistant coach. I just don't think it's going to be this game. Okay, I like that. Um, So, I think this is a good time to take one more five-minute break before we finish our last half hour. So, for all you guys watching, um, Christopher Hardy said, let's go Boston. Of course, did. The game's about to start, so he said, let's go Boston. Let's go Cavs. And uh, we'll be back in about five minutes. In the meantime, in the meantime, Enjoy these Cleveland Cavaliers um, highlights from last night because that's pretty much what I got up right now. Fantastic. And uh, please enjoy. Welcome back to Sant Live. You are watching episode 339, and we just got back from break. Time to talk some more sports. We got a couple cool things coming up right now. Um, this is the last segment of the day. We're going to be talking. Like put up, put an AC in, in in this joint all of a sudden. No, we left the door open. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go close that real well, quick. No, it's closed now. Oh. Welcome back. Um, 
We're going to be talking some Steelers, I believe. They're Todd Healy, their offensive coordinator. Got a bar scuffle last night. No, no, last night. During uh, New Year's. During New Year's Eve. Um, and then we also are going to talk the Jimmy Garoppolo and some Tom Brady stuff. And then uh, If we get to it, we're going to talk about coaching vacancies first. Straight up. Um, Jimmy T on YouTube. What's up, Jim- said, Jimmy T or Jimmy G? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy T said oh. MJ is greater than LeBron. Agreed. And he said IT is overrated. IT is not overrated. I, I disagree with that. I think it's properly rated. I think it's properly rated. Not great. Not 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 no not superstar, mm-hmm. but not like he is an all star. So I mean if he's rightly an all star. He's a superstar personality because of his height and who he is, but he's not a superstar player, but he's an all star for sure. I agree. Yeah. All right. Um so uh you want to pull up? We, well, that game's starting. We're done talking about. We've talked about that all show. Jimmy T, if you just tuned in, our whole first like hour. We actually have a feed. Our biggest feed is on Facebook.com slash Live if you're interested in going there. Um, but that game's starting right now, and we're going to be talking about a couple NFL things until that game, or until it's 530, and then we'll be heading out. All right. So I'm going to read about this. Todd Haley, offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is known as a hothead. I mean, you can... There's some videos, if you go look it up, uh, him telling Ben Roethlisberger to shut the fuck up. Like, he's kind of one of those guys, in-your-face type of guys. So, according to New York Post, Todd Haley isn't even safe in Pittsburgh, Sammy. The Steelers' offensive coordinator hurt his hip getting shoved to the ground outside a Pittsburgh bar on New Year's Eve after he and his wife had been escorted out of establishment for being... for a separate incident that required police to be called. Haley and his wife, Christine, were celebrating Sunday night into Monday morning at Tequila Cowboy. That place sounds fun. When when cops were called just after midnight for a minor scuffle involving Haley's wife, according to police report obtained by TMZ Sports, the scuffle was quickly ended. The report said Todd Haley was not involved nor injured. Todd and Christine Haley were escorted out. No injuries, no charges. Yet outside the bar is where the real trouble started. According to NFL Network, Haley was shoved to the ground by an unknown assailant. Is it a silent or a salient? It's not an assassin. Assaultant. Assaultant. Assailant. Assailant. I don't fucking know. (laughs) The Steelers have acknowledged the incident and are aware of the injury. He suffered an injured hit. All right. At this time last year, another Steeler assistant, Joey Porter, was placed on leave following a bar arrest. Porter is still on the staff as the outside linebackers coach, which I was not aware of, Sammy. I did not know there was an outside linebackers coach and an inside linebackers coach. I just thought there was a linebackers coach, but you learn something new every day. Uh, Sammy, I don't think this is that big of a deal, but it's funny that this stuff seems to happen a lot to Pittsburgh Steelers coaches. Um, you've had the incident of Mike Tomlin tripping a player on the sideline, Joey Porter. You had the guy last year uh, pulled the uh, Cincinnati Bengals hair, player's hair on the side. Um, now this. Is the culture in Pittsburgh just a little too loosey-goosey? We've talked about this a lot, and I continue to say the reason I have trouble believing in this team sometime is because of their disorganization, I feel mm-hmm. like. You look at a game like, Against the Patriots. I think this is the best example. And this is, everyone's going to say it's unrelated, but no, it is related. Yeah. It's from the top down. When you have a loosey-goosey coaching staff, loosey-goosey shit happens. 
like Ben Roethlisberger being told in his ear, no, just run the play, just fake spike it and try to throw it, and he throws it and gets interception, you lose the game. Instead of during that long review period saying, hey, if we see something in defense, I tell you to, to snap it, then fake, snipe, fake uh, spike it, run this play. If you don't see this, throw it over his head. If you see this, throw it here. You had fucking 10 minutes of review right. time where they could have had a plan for, for what defenses are showing up. You spike it there. We're kicking a field goal here. We're doing this here. We're throwing it there for this play. You're throwing it away on this situation. You had 10 minutes. Instead, they stood and just stared at the Jumbotron while they're probably being loosey-goosey talking about something pointless. About nothing. Yeah. Talking about, is that a catch or not? Well, don't you know worry. what I think they were talking about, Sammy? Yeah. I mean, if you just Google Tequila Cowboy Pittsburgh, I think they were talking about their next night at Tequila Cowboy. Place looks fantastic. Shout out to Todd Haley and his wife for having a good time. Really? Yeah, it looks like a great place. Interesting. Yeah, I'd go there. That's all I want to say. Maybe that's what they were talking about. They're like, we won the game. We're going to celebrate at Tequila Cowboy. And then all of a sudden, it was an incomplete pass, and shit just broke loose. Well, and they didn't think they won the game because if they didn't score a touchdown, they would have had to kick yeah, field goal time. Yeah, I think time. they thought that they scored a touchdown. They were, like, they had, you know, they had no idea that he thought that he might have not caught the ball. They thought maybe they were short, but they they had planned on winning that game. Fair game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a loose culture. It's a loose culture. I don't believe in that culture. I just. It's not just this loose. Like the Seahawks have a loose culture too, but I feel like the coaching staff's a little more like intact. You don't like no off-field problems for the coaching staff. I've never seen like a tripping incident. Like I don't see Pete Carroll, Tom Cable, any of our coaches at Daryl Bevel at. Uh, I don't even know what Daryl Bevel looks like. Yeah, I don't see him at. I mean, Tequila Cowboy. Okay, it's not Joey's. It's a little more rowdy than Joey's. I don't see them at Aston Manor. I see some of the players there, maybe. But you don't see you know, any all of players go out. Yeah, I'm saying, like should. the coaching staff the coaching is not—it's okay to be a loosey goosey coach, mm-hmm. as long as it's not going through your organization as a coaching staff. Right. The players can—you can make your players live loosey goosey, which he does. He allows his players to sometimes get in trouble on the field, mm-hmm. talk too much off the field sometimes, but the it feels like the coaching have, staff yeah, is in line. The Seahawks, I'm generally just not supposed to be about the Seahawks, but none, I feel like none of the players actually really get in any real trouble off the field. Good group of guys. Yeah, like any actual trouble? Yeah, no, like, no. Like by the law. No, I'm just talking about they get themselves in trouble on the field sometimes of like dirty plays, yeah. kind of. Not even that dirty of plays either. Just things that are frowned upon, and they say things that can be controversial, et cetera, et cetera. And, but maybe like I'm not calling anything that these players smoke weed, so no one would be like, oh, my God, George just did, but I'm sure they do. Maybe if weed was legal, illegal in the state of Washington, maybe some of the players would have been arrested. Maybe. It's a possibility. We don't have to be politically correct here. People smoke weed in the state of Washington. So maybe that also helps. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had multiple arrests and multiple suspensions for marijuana-related incidents. But Garrett Blunt, Le'Veon Bell's been suspended for it. Martavius I mean, but you could still get suspended for it here in Seattle. If you get I really don't think they, the NFL tests really that much for it. I really don't. I think both, all of those are stemmed off arrests where they're like, well, shit, now we have to do something. Interesting thoughts. Yeah. I um, um, I I just feel like, at the end of the day, the Steelers coaching staff is the reason that they're not better than they actually are. And there's a reason that they're thirteen and three, but even they have the same record as the Patriots. But people regard the Patriots as such a better team is because of the button upness mm-hmm. compared to how loose the Steelers are. Right, and this doesn't mean they're they're bad. It's a different way of doing things. But I think Mike Tomlin could take a page out of Bill Belichick's playbook. 
and that would help the team become more focused, become a better team. And I think overall, you don't need these type of distractions. They seem to happen every year during this time of the year. And that's why I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again today. They're going to lose in the second round to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I disagree with that. I don't know if they're going to lose at home to the Jags again. And they already lost to the Jags once. I think it would be a pretty big feat if the Jags beat them twice in one year. I know. It would be a big feat, but that's my like my prediction for the playoffs. I see them probably ending up on in the AFC Championship with the Patriots, but I would just pick the Patriots ahead of them. Absolutely. No, I mean, the Patriots are going to, in my opinion, be the representative of the Super Bowl. But I just want to move on, Sam. I mean, we have five head coaching vacancies. Unless you have anything else to say no. about Todd Haley. I mean, we kind of feel the same way here. But we yeah. have five head coaching vacancies in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals, the New York Giants, the Indianapolis Colts, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. Surprisingly, we don't have more. Usually we, had, we thought Cincinnati was going to be one. A lot of people assumed Tampa Bay was going to be one. Um, a lot of people thought Vance Joseph was going to lose his job here last second, and he didn't. But we, So we have five. Sammy, which one do you think is the best job, the most interesting job, and the worst job? The Lions are probably the best job right now. Okay. Or the Giants. The reasons, Matthew Stafford, you have a quarterback. That's a good job. And they seem to have somewhat of a... Good enough culture that's not going to fire too fast. They gave Caldwell some time. Yes. And, like, you know, they're not like just one year and you're out, one year and you're out. I think the Giants' disadvantages, they might, since Coughlin, you know, they got McAdoo, he's out already. Yeah. I think but it's he was getting, such an utter disaster. Yes, but it's not that much of a disaster when you make the playoffs the year before. It's yeah. one year of bad year and you're done. That's not as secure as other jobs. Um, the Bears is a decent job depending on what happens with Trubisky. Yeah. If you give him the right coach, it could be a great job, actually. Um, and then, uh, I mean, there's... <sighs> at Overall, I'd say Lions right now is the best job short-term. Short-term, yep. Long-term, I would probably say the Giants or the Cardinals. Because the Cardinals, as much as... They, even though they haven't won, you know, Super Bowls recently or anything, they've been a consistently good front office of getting the next player up and being relevant. You know, even before Bruce Arians, they were relevant. After Bruce Arians, they've been pretty relevant. Even this year, losing their quarterback, they lost their one of the best players in the NFL, and David Johnson, still came out with the eight and eight record. Right. And I think the Cardinals always bring in the right personnel and the right coaches. So I could see Cardinals or Giants being the best jobs long term. Um, and if Trubisky works out, it could fall into that category. Short term. Because long-term, I would not say Lions. Because you know long-term Lions is probably not the most viable spot. I'd say the most long-term being the best coaching job could be the Indianapolis Colts, depending on Andrew Luck's health. But that's why I'm going to put them in the most interesting category. Because we don't know how healthy he is. And we also know they have a batshit crazy owner. Yeah, and that's probably the reason I didn't mention them. Yeah. Is if if Andrew Luck comes back. First of all, you could be a new coach. Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck comes back. They're expecting playoffs. What if Andrew Luck's not 100% next year? What if he's 80%? You might get fired. You might get fired. That's why I say it's the best job. I think it's the most interesting. If it goes well, it could be the best five to six year job. Yeah, that's why I put under the interesting category. One other problem with the Colts job, and I this is one of the reasons I keep telling you I don't think Andrew Luck's going to win a Super Bowl. 
the team and one draft, everyone's like, oh, they're drafting this year, going to be good, whatever. Yeah, one draft is probably not going to do it. It might take a couple, two or three more years before they're a team that's ready to be a Super Bowl team. Yeah. And you got to pray to God that Andrew Luck doesn't re hurt his shoulder, that stays healthy, which has been a little bit of a question mark. I'm not going to say a lot of it, a little bit of a question mark recently. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting to ask, what do I think is the best job? I'm going to have to go short-term or long-term? Long-term is the New York Giants because you have the New York market. You have the second overall pick in the draft. You come in, you hand-select your quarterback, and you're in the New York market. So long-term, that could be the best job. I mean, all of them could become a best job. I mean, no one ever thought the New England Patriots would be the best job or the Seattle Seahawks would be the best job. You know what I mean? But in general, I think it's, I mean, you get the quarterback, you get the New York market, it has the highest potential to become a fantastic job, not only on the field, but off the field for future purposes for a head coach. The worst job out of all those, it's hard to say. I mean, look, at every, it's all good jobs. Arizona is a good place to coach. Um, I'm just surprised there's not more coaching vacancies. And the reason I think there's no not many coaching vacancies is because there's not that many highly sought after coaches right now in the NFL. And it's the same names we're hearing Josh McDaniels, Jim Schwartz, uh, Pat Patricia from New England, Matt Patricia, sorry, from New England. And it's the same guys over and over again you're hearing. And no one's really that interesting. There's no Kyle Shanahan that was so highly sought after. Yeah, even like the Jay Grudens when he's like a young coach, Sean McVay, where they're like, oh, he's, he's going to be a good young right. stud. And there's all these other options. I mean, those options are kind of gone. And maybe that's part of why Cincinnati was like, listen, there's not that many good coaches. Let's just extend I, this guy. I know. They're like, they're like, yeah, we're firing Marvin Lewis. Who's available? Jim Schwartz, 29 and 51. Like, and they're probably like, you uh, know what? Maybe we shouldn't. You know, right. maybe, maybe it's time to keep him and give him a shot for another five, another oh, two God. to five years. <laughs> hey, you never, listen, you've right. made a great point. Jim Schwartz is out there. He's being talked about for a coach. Mm -hmm. He's what, 28 and what, you say? 28 and something as a coach? And 29 and 51. Please don't take away a win from the Jim Schwartz. Well, I mean, that's embarrassing, first of all. Well, I, I mean, Maybe that's why Cleveland kept Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's 1 in 31 as a head coach of a Cleveland Browns. But you can't blame that guy for that. No, but to get to 500, he's have to gonna go undefeated next year and start off the season after that 14 and 0. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if he coaches for 10 years and they turn it around, he can get a winning record easily. But you'll have to go 30 games above 500. That's so hard. No, not if it ends up being a good football team. I mean, the Seahawks have been far above that in the last 10 years. So have the Patriots. What's Pete Carroll's record on the Seahawks? I don't even think it's at 30 games above 500. To be, you know, above 500. Um, I can tell you. Okay. Okay, it is. I'm on Wikipedia. He is 101 and 76. So he's 25 games above 500. In the postseason, he's also 10 and 3. So he's like 30 games above 500. I got a different record. I have 111 and 76, which would be... That's what I said. 24, 35 games above 500. That's what I said, 111 and 76. I said 101. No, 100, and then you add... Three games above 500 on with the postseason. Mm -hmm. So he's like almost 40 games above 500. That's very good. So if Hugh Jackson was to replicate that success, he'll have to do it for, I mean, this took him, what, seven years as a Seahawks head yeah. coach? So he'd have this to is his first head coaching job. Don't forget that. So he has a lot of time. Hugh Jackson? Yeah. Uh-uh. 
He went one in fifteen for the Raiders, and somehow he went and got oh, another yeah, yeah, job. Yeah, he did, he did. He and is, then he went back to the Bengals, right? Yeah. Somehow, as a head coach, Hugh Jackson also has another one in fifteen season. I mean, three seasons in a row. It's someone's fault, right? I, I like the guy. You gonna fault him for it though? No, I'm not going to because I think there's nothing any head coach would have been this bad. But God, man, he's like. His record as a head coach in the regular season is nine and thirty-eight. Not too bad. Twenty-nine games under. <laughs> poor guy. A poor guy. He went. Actually, he wasn't that bad in Oakland. Uh, I, I stay. What is he? he I stand corrected. Is what you stand corrected. He was eight and eight in Oakland. Oh, see why? Why are you talking shit? Hugh Jackson for MVP. He can't win MVP. You mean Hugh Jackson for Coach of the Year? But that was the point of the joke. Um, interesting. I here's the thing. We've talked about this earlier today. I remember. I remember when we Devin was talking about in the comments too. Like you said, to college, it's about coaches, mm-hmm. and to NFL, it's about the quarterback. The quarterback. If you don't have the quarterback, you can't be expected to win games. It's pretty hard unless you have a extremely dominant defense or like an extremely ridiculous running back for one year. Like last year, the Cowboys, right? right? Dak Prescott is a mid-level quarterback, but they had a running back that is like out of this world good. Right. And you can win some games. But without a quarterback, it's very difficult. Who could go to the Browns right now and make them a five-win team? Aaron Rodgers. No, as a coach. As a coach. I don't even know if Bill Belichick can make him a five-win team. Bill Belichick's needed Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. It's not like Bill Belichick is this dude that was perfect in every job before the Patriots. I'm just checking how many close losses they had this year. ESPN schedule. They had a lot of close losses last year. Yes, well. I remember that. All right. So they lost by – here's the games they could have won. They lost in week one by three to the Steelers. That could have been turned around into a win by – let's say half of these wins. I mean – Half of these games turned to wins. So they had a three-point loss, a three-point loss to the Colts, a three-point loss to the Jets, a three-point loss to the Titans, a six-point loss to the Packers. and Not a, horrible teams. <laughs> no, but that was without Aaron Rodgers. And a four-point loss to the Steelers. If a good, great head coach would say Bill Belichick, they'd win three out of those games maybe. And go three and 13. Yeah. So, aka Hugh Jackson's not that bad. No, no, I, I agree. That's why you can't get rid of him. Like, dude, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna replace him with? Yeah. Oh yeah, can you Jim guys? Schwartz. Yeah. Can you make? <laughs> can you guys make a Deshaun Kaiser a franchise QB? Like, oh, nope. Okay, you know you're fired too. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, you've heard, they once again they're back. You know what they say? You what? Can't make chicken out of chicken shit. They don't say that, do they? Yeah, they do. Who's they? They. You never heard that expression? Never heard that one in my life. You've but, never heard. You can't. No, you don't it. have to Google it. I'm not going to believe it from a Google. I've never no, heard the expression. I, 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 I thought maybe I made it up. I'm checking. You can't make chicken from chicken shit. Chicken scratch, you mean? Man, I'm wrong. Sorry. Is it chicken scratch? You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I was to say, what is chicken? You can't make a chicken out of chicken shit. No, no, no shit. See, you can I make it out of a chicken egg. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, that had nothing to do with close to what you were saying. Chicken no. making a chicken out of chicken shit is obviously absolutely. Right? You don't know, no, I was I stand corrected again. Yeah. But you can't make a wall with a floor. <laughs> okay, man, the ceiling is a roof, bro. Actually, you can make a wall with a floor. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, but yeah, but that's besides the point. The point is, 
Yeah, they're right to keep Hugh Jackson. I say keep Hugh Jackson. I say um, everybody enjoy ESPN right now. Cavs versus Celtics. Um, and everybody, we're going to be back tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow from 2.30 Pacific time till 5.30 Pacific time. Be there, be square. We have a busy week because we have a playoff weekend coming up. We have college football playoffs. I mean, not college football, college football championship Monday. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're really excited. Yeah, and Monday we'll probably be signing off at 5 o'clock for the national championship uh, a little bit early. I'm going to actually, before we do that, let's make that announcement here, see what time the game actually starts. If it starts at 5, we'll probably be out of here in two hours. It'll be a two-hour show instead of a three-hour show. If it's at 5.30, it'll be a two-and-a-half-hour show. And, of course, um, the national championship game is the last one. ESPN's dumb sometimes, huh? I'm sorry to call them out like that, but uh, – it's at five o'clock, so we'll have a two-hour. You said, of course, the last thing on the list. Did you? Yeah, I just yeah. did that too. I, like, like that should be the first thing on the list. I, like, if I'm. I shouldn't to have to go past Michigan and South Carolina to find the national championship. I'm game. sorry. Yeah, if, I, if, I, if the first, the first thing shouldn't be Boise State, Oregon. No, because it should be order of closest to play, and then and pass then game. Pass the game. So. Uh, um, I'm glad we think the same way. Yeah. So five o'clock. We'll probably be done then at four thirty. Thirty on Monday. Um, and uh, shout out to Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever's fate is ending up in Cleveland, good, good luck. luck. At least you have Hugh Jackson, who's actually a great quarterback head coach. Good luck. He can make chicken crap out of chicken chicken salad. George, give us crap. give him the sign off. <laughs> uh, that being said, we've been coming at you live and direct from the Sound Live Studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for tuning in today, whether that be on Facebook.com/slash/SoundLive. My personal periscope at Georgeur Sammy's personal periscope, Georgeur Sammy, or youtube.com slash Sant Live Sports. You can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just type in Sant Live. If you ever miss parts of the show, you can go back and check it out there. They're always, they'll always be up around 6 o'clock. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Freshly. Use promo code Sant, S O N T, to get $40 off your first two orders. Free shipping on every single order. It's fresh food, never frozen. Perfect for the new year when you're trying to get in shape. So do not miss out on that. Last but not least, um, please enjoy the game tonight and go LeBron. And good luck to Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. And this was episode 339, so stay cool, party people. You can get any hot beverage for $1 with the 7-Eleven app. Wait, any hot beverage? Any hot beverage you want for just $1. Even a pumpkin spice latte? Even a pumpkin spice latte. But are you judging me because I'm a man who PSLs? Mostly I'm judging you because you're rooting for the other team. But also because you can get any hot beverage at any size for $1 with your 7-Eleven app and you only get a pumpkin spice latte. Hey man, I like what I like. 7-Eleven. Be game day ready. Plus tax where applicable. Valid at participating locations.